live. Welcome and good evening to another episode of PM in the PM Pong and my brother Mav, who is right next to me here, not in real life, but right next to me on screen. <laughs> That's right. We are back. It is Thursday, November the 11th, 11, 11, 21. That is a good sounding date because 365 days from today, one year from today, we're going to be playing Starfield already. And to me, yeah. that's freaking amazing. But anyways, it has been one long week. We have, as you guys could see, by the thumbnail, anniversaries galore to talk about, to reminisce about, to think about. So we are here this Thursday night to do just that chat so many good people already in there thank you all for coming out and seeing us of course i am pong soul and my brother fun speculation aka mav how the heck are you brother what's going on tonight D doing good man um dude this is anniversaries galore right because you talked <laughs> yeah. about a year a uh, year away from starfield which is crazy if you think about that um but also you know it's 10 years since skyrim right yeah you got um about, about 20 years from halo in a couple days 20 years from xbox in a couple days it's been about as of yesterday <laughs> a year since the xbox series x and about the same for the ps5 anniversary yep, anniversary yeah it's crazy man like it's um, crazy what a what a year um it's been and uh for, for our channel too you know what i mean it's, it's been um yeah. yeah been like a little a year and three months or so roughly a year uh something like that um you know i, I think i think it's uh we're gonna have some fun diving into the past the past year the past 20 years the past 10 years the past all the years on uh, this anniversary special looking forward to it uh Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Also, before we start the show, uh, happy Veterans Day. Uh, thank you. Anybody listening to us, anybody who has family um, that has served this country, uh, thank you for your service. Uh, we cannot forget that. The only reason why we get to enjoy what we enjoy here, which is video games and the freedoms that we have in life is due in large part to the veterans of this country. So happy Veterans Day to everybody out there uh, that is a part of that. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you again for your service. Uh, we appreciate it so, so much. Uh, and it can never be said enough. Uh, so uh, I just wanted to get that out of the way as well and make sure that everybody understood that we did want to recognize that. So now nice on you, we've Pong. got- Yeah, uh, thanks what? for doing that. I I said good yeah. on you. I, yeah. Yeah, Cause uh, yeah. sometimes that stuff like that, like I just, I, I'm so focused on what we got to talk about for the oh, show yeah. and it's like, oh, yeah. Hey, you know what I mean? There's real life too. You know, it, so. it, it's hard to stop and sometimes and, yeah. and, and remember a lot of things like that. So no, it, it's definitely something that's been popping up all day. And I, I did make a mental note. Thankfully my mental capacity still works from time to time. And that <laughs> note actually ticked off in my head that, Hey, yeah, okay. got to say something about this. So, um, so yeah, so, like you talked about, Mav, uh, we have got so much to go through because this past year for this industry has been absolutely insane. And obviously, to start the show off, the big two uh, that kind of set the tone for where we're at right now 
current gen consoles were launched uh yesterday was the year for xbox obviously in the series consoles both the series x and the series s yeah and tomorrow is the year um mark uh for the playstation 5 digital and physical release so kind of wanted to talk about this a little bit man like let's let's try to go back because last year there was so much craziness going on on top of the world being in the middle of a pandemic uh trying to figure all that out you got two console makers, uh, two of the biggest names in the industry when it comes to video games, trying to get brand new tech out to the world. Uh, you've got supply chain issues. You got shortage issues. Uh, it's just a logistical nightmare, uh, to put it lightly, when, it, when, you, when you think about what Sony and Microsoft were both going through to try to make this happen. Yeah, um, there was people. There's people at one point clamoring and saying, "Hey, just delay them, uh, push them out another year. It's not worth it." Yeah, people are in rough spots right now. Um, you know, things, conversations like that were happening on a regular basis out there. Um, you know, obviously we know that from a content standpoint, Xbox obviously got hurt. Uh, you know, without Halo. Uh, being available for the launch window, which is what they were hoping for yep. um, and had planned on. Uh, Sony had a little bit better uh, handle on that. Um, and so I just want to kind of take a look back, Map, thinking back to last November, where we were at, uh, you know, all of us were so excited. Uh, all of us in this community, especially this community was just so, so unbelievably hyped. We had Xbox announcing their plans to acquire Zenimax right before the launch. I mean, there was so much going craziness. Yeah, it was it was absolute craziness. Um, when you think back to last November, and you look at both of these companies, what stands out to you specifically about the launches and uh, you know kind of that first you know let's say say you know let, let's just say through the end of twenty twenty what what. What were your thoughts of that time? What, what do you, when you look back, what do you think about when you, when you think of that time? I, I think that it was first off, I think, wow, like they act, actually were able to get that accomplished uh, during the pandemic. Right. Um, because like, cause there was no retail stores, but were like barely open. You know what I mean? It, like it, you, a lot of the hours at a lot of these places were, barely operational right like uh they have no physical in any of the stores right um you had all the shortages and stuff that you're talking about as well um you have the bots out there trying to battle everybody to get their hands on these consoles and stuff but seem seemingly somehow a year later a lot of us managed to get one right and they're still selling out like hotcakes, uh, both consoles. And um, they've had a lot of fun, great games over the past year to play. And in, in fact, when you, I really, if you really think about launch window, uh, one year and stuff, yeah, like, okay, you can really go back and compare to some past uh, launch windows and say, yeah, it was a little weak and stuff. But, like, there was so much added benefit to the consoles that it completely offset a lot of that for most people that actually got one. And it seemed like there was so much stuff to play and enjoy that it was like more than we've ever had really with the launch of a console, right? Like, right. so because of all the stuff they put in with services for, for consumer, 
you know, adding um, value to the games that you already own, plus also coming out with a lot of the enhanced versions uh, of the games and then coming out with, uh, we still got, you look at the first year, it's been one year with Xbox, right? And right. look at this, you got, I, I, tweet, I tweeted this earlier, from Xbox Game Studios, if I can find my tweet, because uh, I made I made a little short list. Um, there we got a Death Death Loop came to Xbox Game Studios, which was on PlayStation. Death Loop is a highly rated game. It came out within the first year launch window on PlayStation, right? Uh, that is a good. That's a good thing for uh, PlayStation. Good thing for Xbox. You got Psychonauts two, um, Flight Sim hit console. Um, you have Forza Horizon five. Um, Age of Empires 4 came out on, on PC, but it's still for Xbox Game Studios. Um, Halo Infinite's coming right at the end of the first year. I mean, that's a great year. You know what I mean? And this is all oh, yeah. within the first one-year window. And that's not to even including the games that hit earlier, like Wasteland 3 and, and Gears Tactics. Um, then you also, on PlayStation, you have like Returnal. You have Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. Yeah, you have. Um, there's a lot actually to look back on and say it's only been a year. Really, like I mean, I know we like can always go over. The, hey, you know, um, hey, there wasn't a whole lot compared to past generations, but holy, holy crap, there's been a lot of great stuff. Like all these games that I just mentioned were all highly rated games, right? All really oh, good quality games. That we've had in the first year. Now, granted, a lot of them are cross-gen, but it doesn't matter because they look and play incredible. Like it's been absolutely an amazing year for gaming in the midst of all the other craziness that was going on. So that that's just kind of what grabbed me the most is yeah. like with everything that stacked against it. Yeah. Right. Um with all the stuff you were mentioning, but then you look back and think about what a year it was and it's like, Whoa, you know, and and it's, you know, it's not going to stop now, you know, it's just going to keep going. What about you, man? Think, like what, what, what stands out most? Yeah. I think, uh, again, the hype levels that were there leading up to launch were so incredible. And I think back to, you know, even to the pre-order announcements, right. With, with Sony's kind of debacle, not all their fault uh, yeah. when some of the, you know, some of the websites decided to break uh, the date and start taking pre-orders. Yeah. Uh, I remember, you know, again, I don't have a PlayStation 5 because I wound up selling my digital only edition. But at that time, I was planning on having both of them. So, you know, when I heard that news, I, I left work. I was like, what? They're, they're breaking street date. This is going live now. And then I heard GameStop did. Thankfully, I have a GameStop close by my work. So like I left work and said, well, screw this. And when I got there, I got the last digital uh, edition. Of course, there wasn't very many of them. I think that the store by me only had like three digital editions and had like seven uh, disc versions or eight disc versions. Uh, but I got the last digital and I was just thankful. But then, you know, there's so many people left out in the cold and we yeah. started hearing about the shortages and how you know, at that time they were saying, well, it's going to last until, you know, summer 2021, 
<laughs> that, oh yeah that's what they were telling you know? <laughs> so so that that was you know them being uh you know obviously you know, nobody knew right because so many things there were so many moving parts at that time nobody knew for sure what was going to happen and then obviously xbox had a much better um plan as far as as pre-sales go uh and pre-ordering the console but at the same time it wound up in the same kind of boat because of the bots and you know that happened to playstation as well um, thankfully again with that, with that GameStop, you know, I got, I got to the GameStop at five o'clock in the morning and sat outside and talked to gamers just like the old days, which yeah. does not happen very often anymore. And that was a blast, you know, as much as I hated getting up that early to get down there, um, you know, it was a blast doing that. And, and you could see and feel the excitement, like everybody that showed up at the GameStop that day, even the ones that wound up not getting a console could not stop talking about the industry and i think that has carried over mm-hmm. uh, a lot to do with the pandemic a lot of new people discovering the industry uh, but for both of those console makers to fight through all the issues and still put out the console i think is is a feat in itself um and, and to even get out as many as they have so far goes to show you how much effort they're putting into this on any other launch year the numbers that have been put out right now both of them are above pace from their previous cycle. I think Sony slowed down a little bit, but that's all just based upon that. That that's just because they don't have the consoles. Yeah, they're outpacing everything, right? <laughs> Both of them. Uh, and that that to me is the incredible hype that was built leading up to that. And then of course, of course, coming out and delivering a completely new experience to people. Like we were just talking about in the back room, the the leap from 360 to Xbox One and from PlayStation 3 to PlayStation 4 wasn't a big leap. It was a leap to be be sure, but it was not the game-changing type of leap. Especially the original launch consoles. If you look at like a 1X compared to a 360, yeah, that's a little bit more drastic. Of course, that's more drastic. Compared to like the 360 to a 1 or like a PS3 to PS4 launch version, it was like... Yeah, they looked better. You know, you got games hitting 1080p finally and 900p and stuff instead of 720 and 540 and and things like that. You know what I mean? But that was pretty much about it. You know, that was about it. And this time you go from 1080 to 4K on on almost consistent basis or 1440 up res to 4K plus the 60 frames and the 120 frames. Game changers, right? Absolute game changers. And the load speeds, all the little... Uh, yep. quality of life features that we now have that we never even knew that we were going to need. So I think that's what makes this generation special um, and why it's continued, even though they can't build enough consoles right now to maintain or to, to, to supply uh, every single customer that hype has maintained, like it hasn't dwindled. It's only continued to build and each game release uh, that came out uh, just amplifies that even more because people are now witnessing they're getting their hands on with the differences uh, from game to game on these cross-gen games. Like you're talking about, we have a lot of cross-gen games, but the differences between the two are so noticeable that people want to make that leap. Now they, they really do. They want to badly. It's not like, ah, I can hold off for a little bit. People want this stuff, but yeah, looking back on last year, it was just a crazy time. Like I said, you mix in everything going on in the world and then you've got this whole kind of like bubble, right? Of, of the gaming community, of the gaming world where everybody's like 
yeah, the pandemic sucks, but I'm stuck at home playing video games all day. It's not too bad. <laughs> you, know yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, it's like, it, it's, a, it, it's this, it's this weird kind of dichotomy or, you know, it's just weird. It's a strange thing to consider, but some people were actually really happy. And we as gamers being gamers didn't have as big a problem as a lot of people did being stuck in the house. Right. So, so that, that was the cool part, but uh, yeah, I just got to give credit where credit's due to both of these consoles. Yes. Uh, Xbox uh, did have a light um, launch lineup. Um, they did not come out of the gates firing on all cylinders. Uh, we kind of knew that was going to happen, especially people paying attention because of, you know, all sorts of things, them waiting on the, on the tech, uh, the AMD, the RDNA two, that's been hashed over a million times. Um, them waiting very late in the game to get the tool sets up because they were waiting for this. Um, all that kind of stuff put them behind. And then obviously the loss of Halo, you know, and, and on Sony's side, again, they had really good games. I mean, uh, Astro's Playroom. Yes, it's a, it, it's a tech demo game, but a lot of people yeah. had a ton of fun with Astro's Playroom. You know, Sackboy uh, went over really well as well. Then they came out with Demon Souls, right? Um, so you did have some quality lineup on top of the fact that Sony had just put out like The Last of Us 2, whatever you think about that game, it's still one of their yeah. big heavy hitters, right? And The Ghost of Tsushima, which was a surprise heavy hitter, right? Came out of nowhere and people loved it. They had just put out two big games prior to the PS5 launch and they yeah. kind of, you know, that kind of hamstrung themselves at that point because those games, had they actually pushed those to PS5, Man, not that they needed it again. They were selling out because they couldn't make enough consoles. But they, you know, again, had they pushed those to PS5, those would have been huge PS5 titles alone, right? So, oh, yeah. Uh, but 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 with the backwards compatibility, that kind of wipes out all of that because you can go back and play these games. A lot of these games have gotten their updates. Sony's in the director's cut mode. They've offered that uh, now for a while. Xbox has has done uh, the different route and is offering free upgrades on a lot of their. Uh, games so it's two different perspectives but now like you were talking about Mavis, we went through this year and sony has put out all these solid games for the first you know eight nine months right uh the final one being here ratchet and clank or again you could go kena if you want to go kena kena um you know but big games ratchet and clank is their last big one right so but now you've got xbox coming into their own as we end this first year just soft wars horizon five drop right so we got Halo in less than a month now, um, and they're ending this final this first year on an extremely high note going into oh, yeah. next year. They got all so, the momentum right now. Yeah. Whereas the first like six, seven, eight months, it was all hey, you know, where's Xbox's you know uh, big uh, launch games or you know um, next gen games and stuff. And now it's like they're putting out stuff that people are saying they've never seen a game look this good before. You know what I mean? What? And so it's like, you know, you it's just timing, right? I think um, a lot of both of the companies have made tough decisions with how they've handled things with Xbox having delayed Halo Infinite, which, gosh, I still think about what a pill that had to be to swallow, right? To, to all the marketing deals you had in place, the launch of the console, and you've been telling people you're going to launch it with Halo, and all these things, and, and really promoting it that way, then you have all this, the marketing stuff still come out, and you don't have the game, right? All of that. That's a hundred, it's a hundred million dollar plus pill. To it is. A that's in the hundreds pill. of millions. But yeah, 
like we've talked about this a lot. It goes to a new vision and dedication to dedication to quality that they've had, and and it, and the the proof has been in the pudding of what they've been putting out with their with their studios recently, and and including even where people say, well, like Psychonauts too. You know that they were already working on that game. You know, like that that doesn't count and stuff. A lot of people say, but what did you hear when um, Double Fine got acquired? That Xbox was like, hey, you want more? You want a bigger budget? You want to add this stuff to the game? You want more time to make it everything you dreamed of? Okay, do that. That's what you're going to do here. You're going to make the games you want to make and how you want to make them. And then they go and now release Psychonauts 2 with what it is. And it wouldn't have been the same game if they had not been acquired by Xbox, right? So you look at the dedication to quality. Now, PlayStation had a lot of pills to swallow too because they had to look at themselves and they shifted their business strategy in the, in the middle of this first year after they had been telling everybody one thing, really promoting things in a certain way, uh, pretty much as some would say, lying to the consumer, which, you know, it, it, yeah, you could say that it goes both ways sometimes or marketing speak, or you got to really listen carefully to what they, these people say. Um, now you have a shift to focus and you get, okay, cross-gen is a thing. But what gets overlooked a lot of times with Sony is, yeah, they do do a lot of the um, their director's cut stuff, but they also do do free upgrades and, and, and stuff, a lot of the games. Because a lot of the games that were PS4 games, when they had that like PS Plus collection thing that they just gave to everybody for free, that was a PS Plus member, it had like 10 games in it. Right, a lot of those are actually boosted to sixty frames and stuff, right? So they may not be like have as many things uh, with some of the optimizations and and do free next gen optimization updates, but there are some free enhancements that go into some of those games as well. And I don't think a lot of that gets talked about enough because, uh, for example, like Days Gone, right? It's yeah. a different game yep. on the PS5 than it was on the PS4. Um, and you can even like Ghost of Tsushima that got the director's cut, but a lot of people say you don't even need it because it was already upgraded enough for them anyway for free, right? So it's uh, interesting things like where you have maybe like I think PlayStation's really taken a look at like the grander scheme this past year, like uh, going beyond what their original mindsets were, right? And and I, I think that's a good thing for the future. Yeah. Right. Um, of gaming. It's a hard pill for a lot of the fan bases to swallow. Right. Well, that's, you know, that's because they've started to um, correct course. Right. That's what Jim Ryan was brought in as the new captain because they knew they had to go in a different direction. Uh, you know, with Sony, it's, it's any big, large corporate uh corporation uh, oh my god i can't speak tonight corporation yeah any large corporation has a hard time being agile and turning around when you've been on a course uh for as long as they have been and so but they saw that they were going yeah. to have to do something right they, they saw the writing on the wall they're not dumb people in any stretch of the imagination so you know for everybody out here that that you know that's saying well you know they would never do this. They would never do that. Yeah. I, again, that's why you don't deal in absolutes because in business, yeah, you actually do do some of that stuff. Otherwise you die off. Right. right. And that's why Jim was brought in to get this done. Um, you know, I think the other big thing for me, and I, I have a different perspective because I didn't do the mid gen refresh. Right. 
Yeah. We were talking about that. So I came from 1080p in the Xbox VCR, right? Up to the series console. I had the PlayStation 4 as well. But but so I came from like really, really last gen to really, really current gen, like in an instant. So for me, like when I, I remember too, when when the consoles first launched, there was a lot of people who had done mid-gen refreshes. And with that first set wave of games and stuff, a lot of people were saying, hey, this isn't that big of a change. This isn't, you know, it, it, it's great, but it isn't that big of a change. I mean, I, I knew people in this community that let their series consoles sit in boxes for months while they still played on the One X, right? Which is right. crazy to me, but they didn't feel like they needed to do it, right? But for me, I got the perspective of really how far we had come since 2013. And so that was an eye opener because things like frame, uh, you, know, uh, you know, frames per second, stuff that I didn't care that I heard PC people talk about it all the time. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever, PC, whatever. That's, that's great. I'm still not going to game on PC. To be able to experience that for the first time and really realize how much of a different experience that was really brings into focus what this has meant. Uh, because again, we were talking about that technology leap. Some generations aren't the big ones. Some generations don't feel like that big a gap. And like you yeah. said, with the mid-gen refreshes, I can definitely see how people felt that with 4K, um, 30, 4K, 60 and some, some titles. But I didn't even have a TV that could put up 4K, so I didn't care. But once I got my OLED, <laughs> and I got my series console hooked up to it, like all of that changed and it was dramatic. Like, I, like old games that I've gone back to now are completely new games to me almost at so, certain points because it does not act, look, or feel the same like, the, yeah. like, like the same game anymore, right? Skyrim. And that's to, yes, Skyrim, perfect example. Skyrim, right? Hadn't touched it since the 360 days, mm -hmm. right? So hadn't touched it. Had seen videos, watched people play it. It's just... Didn't touch it again. Didn't buy any of the new versions, nothing during the whole last gen. To go back now and see what it is, yes, you can tell it's a 10-year-old game. <laughs> you can tell. Again, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. You can tell it's a 10-year-old game. But because the game is so good, now with all of the upgrades that they have actually done to it, and because I'm not one of those people that have played it 100 times over, I put like, I don't know how many hours, four or 500 hours into it the first time. But because I'm not one of those people that have gone back to it, this is a completely new game for me now. You know yeah. I've been sucked into it. Over the past three weeks, month now, I put in probably close, I'm probably over 100 hours at this point into that game again. And I'm experiencing almost every single scenario, almost. There's stuff I course I remember. I, you know, I know some of the lore and I know the background better than I did when it first fired up on 360. But for me, playing this on serious console, it has been like I just got a brand new game. And, and, and that is the craziest part about this gen so far, I think, when we look back on this. Again, I can't wait to get my PlayStation 5. Again, it's not a priority for me. There isn't a game out there right now that I need on PlayStation. So for me, I have so many games on, on Xbox that it doesn't even matter to me at this point. But I do want to experience PlayStation. I, I, I always get both, or, you know, I always get both consoles each generation at some point. So for me, that is still important because it does offer something different. And there yeah. are certain things about PlayStation I do really, really like. Um, and so I do want to eventually get one. Uh, but I think that both companies have done such a great job. And third parties, let's not forget about third parties. Ubisoft carried the current gen through the first part, right? Without their games, it would have been 
pretty slim pickings, right? Without, without Assassin's Creed and without uh, even Watchdogs was big for a while because everybody was just looking for something new. And obviously Watchdogs came out with that beautiful ray tracing, which we hadn't seen in a video game yet. Um, but I think they've done such a great job putting out so much content that even if it isn't like the heavy, heavy hitters, like, like your Forza Horizon, like your, like your Halo, like Sony hasn't really put out a heavy hitter yet. I mean, I know some people like to say Ratchet and Clank is, but look, look at Ratchet and Clank's history. It's not a heavy hitter. It's a great title, the fun title, but it's not one of their big ones. So, and uh, picking up that slack in the meantime has also been huge uh, to keep this momentum going as well as we look pa- back yeah. on this past year. Man, when you, when you're playing, because you've got both now, right? So when you're playing PlayStation, yeah. when you're playing playing series consoles, what's one of the what's one of the features or a couple of the features that most like you still to this day, even though you've been playing, especially with Xbox, you've been playing since day one on it for the past year. What's still a feature or two that still to this day you catch yourself going, God, this is good. Like, ah, oh, I can't believe we lived without this for the past. 30 years of gaming. Like what, what, what's, what's one or two features that really stand out to you on either console? Yeah. For there's a couple. Um, I just, the SSD speed, like uh, hands down for me, that's like the biggest change. Um, yeah, the games perform better. They have 60 frames and all this stuff, but with the SSDs, like just being able to like flip between games really quickly the user interface is fast and smooth. Everything is fast and smooth. It just creates this way better experience where you're not fighting things. Everything's loading quickly and it's smooth. If you want to play this game, okay, even if you're, let's say you're, you're, God forbid, your Xbox or your PlayStation crashes, getting back into the game takes like 10 seconds, right? <laughs> it, yeah. it used to be such a pain in the ass. You're like, oh my God, I got to wait like five minutes and do well, this Well, you whole... Twitter the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> you could be checking your phone the whole time. Now you can't do that anymore. It's crazy. But, but now it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. You're right back into it in like a few seconds. So that that's one, that's, that's one thing. But then the other thing is what we were, ju- what you were just talking about, what we've been talking about. And it's, um, and, and I, I made a video about this before the consoles launched, right? Yeah. Um, about going into this generation, this was the thing I was most excited about because they had built this console with the promise of back compat. And they had recently announced a lot of the features and stuff. And I made a video and I, I made it because I was thinking about it. Like this was the first time ever that I could think of really going into a whole console generation where they really focused on that being a priority, right? Re- because in the, even on the Xbox One, they they went back and added that functionality, right? Uh, because of uh, consumer requests and stuff. That's one of the uh, things that Phil did, one of the first things that they did when taking over. And I, re- I remember looking at it and being like, um, wow, this is big, especially in the day and age going digital with gaming. Um, it's not only big and it's important and it's a great feature but it's a necessity because if you're purchasing things digitally in an ecosystem you should have the promise of that existing with you in the future and also hopefully performing better on whatever future devices you play on right it's the same thing with movies and music or anything if you if you have 
if you have the, the digital license, you should be able to play on whatever device. And, and if you get like, if you get a new PC or if you get a new uh, TV or you get a new this or that, you should, it should, a new stereo or whatever, it, it should look better, sound better. You know what I mean? And uh, getting these, these games, knowing that you are going to launch your console day one and have access to thousands of games. But not only that, that the games were going to be better than they were yesterday because of the features like auto HDR, the faster loading times. A lot of them got updates with with uh, frames boost and all, all these things, FPS boost, or uh, even the devs go when they unlock the frame rates and the resolutions and stuff like that. All of these things, you're going in, and it's not only giving you things to be excited about for the future, it's adding value to everything you already own, right? It's no longer in the past, and it's trapped in, in time. Now, those games are worth revisiting, and it's a brand-new experience a lot of times. And I, I made a video about that before the consoles came out because I was so excited about it. And everything that I thought it was going to be is better than that, right? Yep. And they keep they keep adding to that. They keep adding to it, and it's important. And and I don't think people really understand how important that is because of the digital landscape, right? Um, right. It's right. an it's a necessity. Um, game preservation, game, and all this stuff. Like you, you can't have these digital purchases just tied to a box that made die off one day right like you you need to be able to play these 10 years from now and then they're not only really focusing on that now finally but they're focusing on it for forward compatibility and a lot of people aren't thinking about that either it's not just about backwards compatibility it's about forwards compatibility it's about making sure in the future you're going to have access to these games and they're going to play well and play better and they keep adding new features and all these new things man and that's been like the number one thing. And that in and of itself, right? You say, okay, you can go get a new Xbox or a new PlayStation or new whatever. And it's going to play all the games you own already yep. better. If you have a library of like 500 games, that's a very valuable concept in and of itself. Then you put all the new games on top of that. And then you're adding like, okay, wow, this is going to go in some places in uh, so that that for me, hands down, and I, I think uh, I think it gets overlooked a lot, right? And because yeah, people say you don't want to sure. play old games, well, I do if they're not if they don't feel old, they don't look old. I do. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I <laughs> yeah. some people I, I get it. I don't like to go play an old game that feels and looks like crap, right? But right. if it doesn't, then I want to I want to play that. Like a lot of these old games, they look some of them look better and feel better than a lot some of the new games that come out. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's that's it for me, man. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I can't disagree with you. I, I those are great picks, obviously, man. I mean, I, I I'm right on the same page from, you know, an SSD standpoint, the loading times. It's a, it, it it alters the way that you play games um, just much like quick resume does. Right. Quick resume is another one. It alters the way you play games now and how you in, are interacting. You used to have time. Between loading screens, I'll so just take Skyrim yeah. since we brought it up and we're talking about Skyrim later because it's the 10th anniversary, but Skyrim used to have a time to go freaking warm up a hot dog, 
and come back between some of the loading times. <laughs> yeah, back in the in day, door right? with the just like oh, I don't yes. want to open the door to the house again. You know, right? Exactly. Um, and I'm stubborn, so I'm a I'm a, you know again I'm I'm a thief. I'm a pickpocket, right? So I steal everything. And the secret in Skyrim and pretty much any Elder Scrolls, this goes back all the way back, is to do a save before you try to pick sock pick a pickpocket somebody um, so that in case you get caught, you just reload and try again, right? So that's one of the classic moves. Well, now with the quick save, between the quick save on Skyrim, where you can just quick save instantaneously, and if you fail and I load back in, it's literally a second and a half. I've timed it between the time wow. that I hit the load to the time I'm right back in the same position again, ready to try to my pickpocket again, right? That changes everything yeah. because back in the day, that was like probably out of my four or 500 hours I was playing Skyrim. I bet you a good, I don't know, probably 80 of those were spent between loading screens mm -hmm. <laughs> because of how much I pickpocket and how much I had to reload in all the time. So um, that is a huge one. Uh, like I said, the quick resume for somebody like me, that's a grazer. Now I don't use it as much as I thought I would be as somebody who does have uh, at any one time, 10 to 15 games uh, that I'm currently playing because that's what I do. Um, I don't use it as much because I'm still old school and I don't trust it. So I'm always saving and quitting out anyways. That's what I just do. It's like, it's old habit for me. Yeah. But when I do go in there and I have a game that's in quick resume, it is one of the most incredible experiences in the world to click on the game name, mm -hmm. the, the, the icon, and all of a sudden it says quick resume and literally three seconds, you're right back to where you left off, even if it was two months ago. That to yeah. me is crazy. I don't right? think that, that people that, really understand what quick resume is because like, they're like, well, you know, you, you always leave off where you left off when you're saving. No, it's not. It's, no, no you, it's talking, not like that. You're talking about exactly, <laughs> exactly what you were doing. It's like if you just put the controller down and walked away. It, it's like a one yeah. button load, right? So it's just one yeah. button. You're not going into any menus. You're not selecting what load. You're just right back in the game with one button press. That to me still is like magic some days uh, when it does happen. Yeah. I'm like, God, man, that's incredible. Um, the one that's often overlooked um, and well, first let's go here. Uh, you're absolutely correct about the backwards compatibility as this goes forward, as we go through the years, now that Microsoft has this in place versus everybody else in the, in, virtually everybody else in the industry right now, because Microsoft and Xbox have spent so much time and money on making sure that backwards compatibility, uh, is the best it can be and is only going to get better. And they've put so much time and effort into making sure that progression and everything can cro go cross over every kind of device you can possibly think about because that's the future that they want. And that's, that, that's the future that they see. So they have to make sure that all things connect because of those, all the infrastructure they've built in as the generation goes on and into the next generation, that gap, that importance and why it's so important is going to become more and more relevant every single year that goes by. And like you were saying, Map, with the history of gaming and that Phil takes it very seriously that we need to preserve that history and make sure that future generations, if they want to go back and they want to pop in, you know, whatever it may be, they can have that opportunity to go back and experience it. 
right? If they want to go back and, and see the original Halo CE in its original form in 360 version, right? Or 360, an Xbox version, they can go ahead and do that and not have any problems accessing it. And so I think that that down the road is definitely going to be huge for me as a, as a, as a person who does play old games frequently, this is huge along with the FPS boost, along with the H auto HDR, which has again, at times made games almost brand new again. And if they learn, if they figure out how to do up on these older games, Mav, Oh my God, things yeah. are going to get very, very interesting. I think they're going to figure um, it out. I think they're if they actually yeah. publicly acknowledge that they're trying. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to, Jason Ronald has, yeah, Jason Ronald has too. So in interviews, so um, that would be pretty incredible. But I think that's huge for the history of gaming as we get down the road, as as our grandkids get older um, and come into gaming, that that is going to become more important. Not that everybody always wants to go back and play all the old games, but again, just to have the accessibility there and to know that I'm not losing my purchases down the road because tech has moved on but that that tech is going to go ahead and still recognize that old content so that I can access it and play it. That to me is a safety net that I love having. there. So you're absolutely correct. The last one I'll just bring up real quick is, is something that a lot of people overlook, but on your day-to-day -day gaming, especially when you are doing driving games, first-person shooters, anything like that, the low latency work that they did oh, yeah. between the controller. I'm not, look, People overlook it because it's something that you don't think about on a regular basis, right? We've all had controllers in our hands for so long. We've been through a lot of generations. We've got used to the latency when in the older generations, it didn't bother us. Then once we knew what it was and we started seeing side-by-side -side comparisons, just kind of like Digital Foundry does, you know, people don't care about re resolution until Digital Foundry does it side-by-side. -side. It's the same thing with latency. However, now that I've had that series console, the controller for so long, Anybody else out there, if you don't realize what a difference it makes, go back and try playing an Xbox One game with the old controller or try going back mm -hmm. to 360 as I have. I've still got my 360 hooked up. I've played some games on there. Tell me you don't notice that difference, even though it's in milliseconds. Tell me that that action on the screen doesn't feel different because it it's almost instant. It does. It does. It's almost instantaneous. And you combine that input. with the 30 frames that you're stuck in Correct. a lot of times, then it's Correct. like... It's jarring. Yes. Like Forza Horizon yes. 5 on the 1X. That's yes. the thing that jumps out to me the most, actually. Uh, I didn't know you this, went back and played it. You went back and played it, huh? Yeah, so we have we have a 1X in our bedroom. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah, uh, I knew that. I didn't know you where, tried Forza on it, though. Yeah, that's where Kate's usually playing, actually. And it, it's, oh, okay. Uh, and I, I hop on there, and it's like, Ugh. You know, not, not that it's bad. I mean, for a 1X game, it fucking looks incredible, right? Like, it right. looks amazing. Right. But... Compared to a Series X, the immediate thing is the yes. feeling of the controls. You remember when we talked about the feeling of the controls with Forza? I don't know if it's maybe just because it's a, like I've been playing the Series X, and like that's the biggest difference for me because the sixty frames compared with that and the latency and all that stuff, it, it, the controls just feel so much tighter. Um, hey, we got a five dollars super chat from awesome Vic the Click. Shout out to of Vic. course. What's up, um, Vic? He says yes, we live. Hit that like button. Yeah, I appreciate. Uh, we got 25 likes right now. Uh, 58 concurrent viewers currently. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Um, hit that like button. We appreciate it. It helps a lot. Helps. Uh, it helps get the the channel out there. Helps get the uh, push the uh, stream and video out to the YouTube community. 
Um, if you like what you see, if you like what you hear, um, appreciate you all. Uh, you want to say hello to some people, Pong? That's what I was going to do, brother. You're reading my mind. I, I, I can actually I can tell to do you're, that. You're itching to do that right now. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Yes. So who do we have in the house? Look at Caitlin. Hey, shout out to Caitlin. Caitlin, love to see you. And thank you so much for all the graphics work that you do and the thumbnails. I do appreciate you. Awesome to have you here. Uh, UK lad is in the house. Crazy. Louis game, the man who has earned every bit of that crazy brother. Good to see you. Sappho is here. Doom Reaper, Marlesco. What is up, my friend? Awesome to have you here as well. Uh, who else we got? We got Pixel Bit G. We got Soulcon. Soulcon's in here. The General C, of course. Brother, how you doing? Uh, we've got uh, Tim Allen. Is that uh, 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 Tim Allen? <laughs> <laughs> Can't help it. You see that name? You got to. Yeah. Uh, oh, dad oh. jokes. What are you going to do? Uh, all right. Tim Allen is here. Nix, of course. Brother, good to see you. Dr. Dinglenut. Uh, we've got Invader Gaming. What's going on, Invader? Good to see you in here checking us out. Mike Lowry's in the house. Uh, who else? Skeezer Prime. What is going on? Tell me if I miss anybody. Vic the Click, we already talked about. Jasper, of course. Jasper, good to see you, man. Uh, and then we've got, uh, let's see here. Andrew Cullinane. Is that my if I'm saying that right? He's loading the dishwasher Ooh. as we speak. Oh, well, yeah. enjoy loading the dishwasher. Yeah. I'm glad we could be entertaining you while you're doing your uh, duties. Uh, OCD Gamer is here. Rick Payne, of course, is in the house. Buddy Rick. Enzo, what's going on? Uh, who else we got in here? Stuff Sean. Stuff Sean, of course, brother. Good to have you here. I could just, if I if I could just remember everybody I said hi to. Shrub Shark is in the house. Outbreak, Outbreak Podcast is here as well. Good to see you both. Did, did we get Geezer? Uh, yes, we did get Geezer. Get Geezer. Cool. Seeky is here. Uh, Seeky, good to see you. As always, uh, you're always hanging out in these chats. Uh, who else we got? Anybody else that I miss? Phasma, of course, stop by. Phasma. Beautiful to see you, my dear. Thank you for stopping in and checking us out. Black card one. What's going on? Uh, who else we got? Papa Woody is in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Elvin is also here. Alvin! Robert Hart. I, I, I knew you were going to do that, too. I was going to say, where's the chipmunks? But, hey, uh, I, you did I, I heard you're for sale, Alvin. Uh, for $300 million? <laughs> Yeah, the IP. Yeah. I'll be for sale for $300 million. Yeah, me Doesn't too. Doesn't even need to be an IP. <laughs> Robert Hart. Uh, I got you. I think I have hit up everybody that I have seen. If I did Psycho's not psychos here get now. You... Psycho not. Oh, brother psycho. What's going on? Uh, yeah. If I did not get you, make sure you uh, go ahead and put your name in there. Brutal enigma. I see you popping in here. Thank you so much. Um, and I think <laughs> Shizno elite, of course, always hanging out, always lurking. Shizno, my friend, good to see you. So I think we are caught up at this point. Um, so Mav, we have been talking about this past year. We kind of talked about, you know, how it started. Uh, we kind of alluded to where it's going and how this first year is ending. And obviously cherry on top right before Christmas in a lot of people's minds, not oh, everybody's, mm. but in a lot of people's minds, right. Is going to be halo a game that was delayed for a year that has been through so much. It's been a roller coaster ride. Yeah. It's finally coming to an end. They're getting ready to put on the brakes. 
let everybody off the ride and just let everybody enjoy the game. We have had nothing but positivity for almost, I would say, probably 95% of the past, probably what, six months yep. on Halo? It's been nothing but good. More, um, more with, good today. <laughs> yeah, more good today. That's what I was just going to say. So that's what I was just going to bring into this conversation. Um, so today, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, they had given access to some of the media uh, to try out the first four hours. Am I correct, Matt? Four hours, yes. First four hours of the campaign. This is called confidence, people. If you didn't, if you thought the flighting and letting everybody get their hands on with some, with, with some matches in the flighting was confidence, if you thought that showing off the campaign in a new trailer was confidence, uh, you know, two months prior to launch, talk about real confidence, inviting the media in to sit down and be able to play four hours of the campaign, a campaign that has had so many questions about it that even after the last trailer, we were still talking about what is this? Is this Far Cry? You know, what are they doing? You know, how's the Halo community going to take this? Are they going to like the changes? Is this, you know, is this just 343 copying, uh, you know, that open world fad that has exploded over the past probably five years? You know, what is this? What, what, what are we doing with Halo? Is this going to obviously live up to the old, Halo, uh, you know, uh, from a standpoint of the, you know, the, the very strong narrative driven, much more focused linear type games um, or leaning into the sandbox. Is this going to take away or is this going to add to the game? So they, through all these questions, what do they do? They go get some of the biggest media sites, uh, IGN, Game Informer among them, bring them on in and let them sit down and get hands on, not just watch, not just see a new trailer not just get pointed out some things, but to actually sit and play the game as it stands. Um, that was a huge confidence thing for me. Mav, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the videos. I know you've been busy all day like I have been. Um, I, I did watch them. Um, obviously, one, one eye on work, one eye on the, uh, the video itself. But I did watch them. Some really, really positive thoughts came out of both of them. Um, I was very impressed by what was being said. Um, so what did you, if you had a chance to watch them uh, or if you got to read some of the breakdown of those previews, what did you come away today thinking about what these media outlets saw during their, their uh, run with Halo Infinite campaign? I think uh, for me, it is setting a lot of people's minds at ease about the campaign and what it's going to be, right? Because, um, like, just going to a quote, even just from Game Informer, uh, this, this pretty much sums it up, right? Based on the extensive demo they experienced, players looking for that classic Halo campaign structure won't be disappointed. That's from the Game Informer, who, uh, who has a lot of... They actually have, like, a... 20 page or something like a uh, cover blowout um, for, for this game coming, which is another sign of confidence uh, as well. Um, they, but they do say that the alternate alternative path through the game sets Halo infinite apart from what has come before. So this is an evolution, but still not disappointing people 
that are that love the traditional classic Halo campaign. And again, kind of like when we go into how how did they find that perfect marriage for Halo Infinite's multiplayer, right? It's like everything the new players want, uh, everything the younger players want, and everything the Halo traditionalists want somehow melded together in this perfect mix that make that is some kind of new age Halo fun that feels classic and feels new all at the same time. Right. And right. what I'm what I'm getting from some of the stuff that I that I've been looking through and reading is that's kind of the same magic of the campaign. Right? Now we, we obviously don't have any reviews yet, right? Um, but from what we've seen visually, it looks great. What we've seen um, from the people that have gotten to play it, and they again, they said extensively uh, from from that demo, it doesn't seem like they like were like saying, "Hey, you have to just go do this, you have to go do this," and just like uh, we're right. really like, they kind of let them have at it, you know? Yep. Um, it seems like they were very pleased by what they've played. And um, it's it's hard not to read too much into it before we get to reviews because uh, previews are always one thing. I remember being younger and being really frustrated all the times at how <laughs> all these previews made these games sound amazing, and then the review comes out and they gave it like a five, right? right. I'm like, well, your previews all like were glowing, you know? Like how 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 can you have all these like previews saying all these great things, and then your reviews <laughs> says the game's trash, right? So I never put too much stock into previews anymore. I learned that a long time ago. However, like just eyeball test and based on what we've seen from the multiplayer and combining all of these different kind of previews up into one thing, it's kind of looking like, hey, Halo's back, not just in multiplayer way, but it also looks like it's, it's looking like it's going to be back with the campaign. And I have a yeah. lot of hope now uh, for this because that that was the one. That's like the one last check mark I think they got to hit for this to truly be something special, right? Um, because you know you can have all the other stuff, but if you really screw up on the campaign, it doesn't matter. People are going to be upset because they love Halo that much, right? So if, if I'm hoping that all of this is a good sign, um, and it looks like it is to me. Well, did you have a chance to see some stuff? Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll I'll give my points and then I'll uh, follow up with you a little bit more here. Um, so, um, yeah, I did I did get to watch them. I really focused on the IGN one uh, with Miranda Sanchez. Yeah. Um, I was um, pleasantly surprised by her reaction uh, to the game. I thought she uh, brought up some very very key points. Uh, she actually went really. I think she she took this four hours to heart from the standpoint she was going to try to answer some of the major questions right. that were out there, which is her style. And I think that, yeah. Which is her style. Exactly. Yeah. It was fantastic. Um, you know, again, and, and she, you know, she, she prefaced uh, her piece by saying that she still has questions about the story, but of, of course, because they're not going to give away the story in this preview, right? They're not, they're not going to do that. So she didn't get to see enough of the story to get a good feeling. She said, it seems like, they are definitely on the right track. Um, you know, and again, she, she touched on some key points. She did not see any sign of Prometheans in uh, her preview. 
Um, you know, nor did she see any flood. Uh, she said not to say that those aren't there, but right now it seems like the story from this, this bit that she did get to play is, is very focused, um, in on the banished, uh, and in on chief trying to, you know, with the weapon, um, and trying to figure out, obviously there's still lots of questions about Cortana and all that kind of stuff hanging out there. Um, so, but uh, she did try to answer some of the gameplay mechanic type questions. And I think she did a great job with that. You know, so a couple of things that stood out to me first, she said that, yes, uh, the map itself uh, is broken up into islands yeah. uh, like sections. However, she said that they are all connected and it does not appear that you are going to have to like a Metroidvania, go get something certain, you know, some finish a certain point or get a certain uh, upgrade or something where to get you to be able to advance to the next session she, or to the next section. She thinks that if once you have access uh, to vehicles that you may be able to, you know, fly over uh, to the other sections and, yeah. and go and do whatever you want to do. Um, so I thought that was huge that she, she uh, did kind of look for that and try to figure out how that was going to work. Uh, the other big one, and we talked about this a lot because uh, there's been plenty of people in the community, Mav. We've talked to some of them. We've been on shows with some of them who had a lot of angst or trepidation over this style, that this was going to be Far Cry in Halo, reskin to Halo, yeah. and that they were going to have to go do all the side missions and they were going to be overwhelmed and they were going to be bored and they were going to do all the different, you know, descriptions that people use with those open with open world fatigue that a lot of people do get. I think she made it clear in her video that that's does not appear to be the case in any way, shape or form that if you want to barrel through the main missions, they are going to let you barrel through the main missions. Right. Yeah. And they are going to let you stay on task. Like she said, at no point did I feel like it was necessary for me to go get upgrades. Like she said, I wanted to because, you know, she was exploring, but she said at no time did I feel like I needed those upgrades to actually progress the story. Um, so that one was another big hitting point for me. She also confirmed from her playthrough that you're going to have those moments where it is tight, where it is narrative, where it is very focused, lin more linear style, yeah. old school Halo. So they are definitely breaking the story up into pieces. So you're going to be in the open world, but just kind of like what my initial thoughts were, and I believe, Mav, you had matched me on this in a couple of shows that we had talked about this, and other people's, when we looked at what we saw in, in the trailer, you could see that there was a possibility that when you get to certain points, when you're about to you know fight mini bosses or, or big bosses or whatever the case may be, or you just get to certain critical points in that level or that story, it's going to focus you down and automatically put you into the smaller space. You're not necessarily going to be out in the open world full time all the time, right? right? You're going to be able to go out there and explore, but when it comes to the important critical story beats, they're going to put you into that old school halo field. And I think that is going to make a lot of people in this community happy when they hear that. Yeah. And if that's how it plays out, I think it's going to be a great thing. Um, uh, what else did she say? Oh, she talked about weapons feel just as good as the multiplayer, which I don't think anybody was expecting anything less. She talked about the upgrading was fun. Uh, she talked about the side missions being engaging, um, that they weren't, uh, you know, that they were, it wasn't like overloaded with missions, um, nor was it, 
nor was it sparse. Like she said, right. it wasn't very, like she, she could, she said she had moments where she could sit back and enjoy the scenery and kind of take it all in, but it wasn't too long before she would find something else that she could engage with. Right. As yeah. far as battles go or whatever the case may be. So it sounds like they're finding a very good balance for the people who are going to want to go explore and do that kind of stuff. Um, so those, those were my main takeaways. And I, and I, again, her, her saying we still have a lot of questions about the story and that they need to stick that landing with the story for the, to make this work, I'm in agreement with. And I didn't, obviously, I didn't go, oh, wait, she's got questions. No, that just makes sense because she didn't get to see all that. Um, it sounds like that the AI is awesome. Um, she said that she was very entertained by the uh, grunts and stuff and they're talking. She said there was a ton of lines of dialogue uh, for all the NPCs and stuff. Uh, she said that it did feel like at one point there was when she got to a uh, a named boss, she had been kind of she was on heroic mode, by the way, she was playing on heroic um, difficulty. Why did I say mode? But heroic difficulty. But she said that she had been kind of coasting through uh, up until that point, And she hit this named boss and all of a sudden this named boss just rolled her. Right. And she said she had to take a step back and go, oh, OK, what am I doing? And then she actually had to strategize and learn him uh, and figure out how she was going to go about beating him. But she said, you know, she had this good pace going Also, she met this dude and this dude was definitely a boss. Uh, you know, she said too, kind of offhandedly, but she said she came, uh, she came across some brutes who were uh, seemed to be heavily outfitted versus other brutes. And those brutes were almost like mini bosses at times because of how they were the, how they were equipped. Yeah. So she said that's like gonna be different interesting classes to see. and stuff. Correct. Yeah. Correct. That kind of stuff. Uh, she talked about that there were side missions that you could go to where you can pick up special, uh, almost named weaponry. So that's kind of my, you remember I was joking. I joked on Bloom Show uh, when you were on map that this is close to a looter shooter. All I need is loot to drop out of everybody and it'd be great. Um, but she did say that there are like side missions where you can go fight these mini bosses and get like almost like a named weapon, like a, an upgraded version right. of the regular which one is something games. that um, when we kind of dove through and, and dug through the the six minute trailer that yeah. it, there was hints about that because one of the things said weapon variants yep. which was Correct. like if you're familiar with like halo 5 like custom games and all this stuff there's like all of these weapon variants for all these weapons and I, and like in Warzone and stuff you know they have them there as well um, I think this is going to kind of build upon that, but in a better way, if we're waiting right. with the campaign. So that that's going to be intriguing. It's going to be very intriguing. Um, I guess the biggest takeaway, Mav, from all of this, from watching these videos today, and you, you know me well enough, and, and I've talked about it plenty as being a casual Halo fan. This is speaking my language. Like, yeah. I know I, I'm going to be playing Halo. Obviously, you guys are playing Halo. I'm not going to play Halo to the level that you guys play Halo on multiplayer, right? That's just not me. I just, I, I could be that way. But this is truly, and I've enjoyed all the Halo campaigns for what they are. But honestly, this campaign is something I see myself going back to time and time again. And especially if they make the DLC, if, if they actually go through with their plan with these seasons and introduce, you know, new, you know, you know, smaller campaigns or new missions or new characters or whatever the case may be. I can honestly tell you, this is going to be one of those games that I make time for to go back into again. Wow. And especially when that co-op hits again, that's the only thing I can think of every time I see this campaign is 
my God, in co-op, this is going to be so good. Uh, playing around with other people and just causing chaos because I can't imagine what we're going to be able to find in this thing. Uh, but again, for me as a casual Halo fan, this is speaking on so many levels to me. You know, and at the same time, I'm happy that it sounds like they addressed what they knew would be concerns of the classic Halo player who wants that tight narrative driven uh, kind of story and does not want to get lost in an open world sandbox for, you know, hundreds of hours like Assassin's Creed. Uh, And she made that clear also, I should say that Miranda Sanchez flat out said, for those people who think this is Far Cry, it's not. So don't worry right. about it. that. She flat out said that to, to Ryan in the unlocked version. So I think that I'm so happy for the, the old school Halo fan. Um, if they, if they follow through and it's, it looks like they are going to, and they give people the, the, the option to just take on the story itself and not worry about the side missions unless they really want to. And all the side content to me, that's going to be a, that's going to be the biggest win 343 can have with the campaign is if they can balance it so that classic Halo players and new school Halo players both find enjoyment out of it at the same time and neither one of them feel like they've been left out or it's just not a game for them or it's not a style for them. 343 can pull that off. That's a huge W. And this campaign might surprise a whole lot of people with how good it is. Uh, So that's where I came away. Mav, when you uh, when you look back, you just heard me talk about a bunch of different things, but I know you had, you know, you, you've been dead set on this, you know, you've liked everything that you've seen so far. Obviously the flightings, you know, told you everything you needed to know about the gunplay, about where all that was going, but obviously the open world, since you have been and are a hardcore halo person who goes back all the way to CE days and has played through these all of these multiple, multiple times for you, you know, as one of those players, when you saw this open world, and I know for the most part, you were happy with everything you saw, but if it comes true that what Miranda is saying is correct, and there is a more linear path at moments, you do have the option to kind of stick to the main story and not worry about the side content, but it's there if you want it there. Um, Does that excite you? Does that, uh, do you think you're going to find yourself doing that first and then going back into the open world if that's possible? Or do you think you're just going to enjoy the world as it is, uh, as it, you know, as, as they've presented it to you and you're just going to try to go see everything you can on this ring as you just kind of slowly progress to the story? What, what do you think is going to happen when you sit down with this? It's, man, it's, it's, it's interesting. That's a good question. Right. Uh, but for real quick, I want to get to the super chat from uh, Army Veteran with a five dollar super chat. He says, what's up, Pong and Mav? Man, Mav, you look like high school in that picture from your wife. Yeah. Uh, Kate, she posted a uh, picture of us from just like six years ago. Yeah. It's been a rough six years, Army Veteran. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah man, I, I hear you, man. But the as far as Halo, man, that's a great question because. I've actually thought about this a lot. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you had. That's um, why I had to ask you this. I you <laughs> because <did. laughs> like, I, more than the average person should think about anything, I've been thinking about how I'm going to approach and play this campaign because I freaking love Halo. You know, I just, it's like anybody ask me 
Okay, Halo is my favorite game franchise. Period. No, no questions asked. Right. My favorite game of all time is Halo Two. Um, period. No questions asked. Um, it has the my favorite lore out of anything. Period. Right. Um, just take taking it all in from the games and all that stuff. Just like I, I just am fascinated with the world and everything that they that they created. And that goes all the way down to the music that they made, the, the, to the characters, the enemies, um, some of my favorite characters of all time, including like the Arbiter and stuff like this. So when they inherently change the formula, right? And it, you go into this and you're like, how, what is, what is, what am I going to do? How am I going to approach this game? Because right. I'm so used to Halo. Okay, point <laughs> right. A to point B yep. type gameplay yeah they open up at times you know what i mean sure sure but the thing uh that i always think about is the feeling i had when i first played ce right and i step off the pelican onto the halo ring for the first time and you look around that feeling of what am i gonna do where am i gonna go i gotta figure this out right that was a first at the time in gaming for me that that ever had that feeling because games at the time, like I, I had never had it look that way before where I'm like, where do I, where do I go? What do I do? You know? Right. Right. And right, of course this is going to be that I'm, I'm hoping it's going to give me that sense of wonder and awe about being on this ring. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I, I want, I want to get dropped in. And just let it, I don't want to worry about gameplay systems. I don't want to worry about um, going and, and looking for specific things uh, right. for a gameplay mechanic. I want it to feel necessary for the story. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, yep. I and I feel like the way from what I've seen in that six minute trailer is the upgrades and, and the way they're implementing that tech. And even with these like little side trailers of like showing like, like the scientist that was building the grapple shot, all of these things are kind of intertwined with story and not just gameplay mechanics. You know what I mean? And yep. not, 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 not open world systems. You know what I mean? It's like built in the purpose of story and narrative and serves a purpose story wise. And what I want to do is get on the ring and just feel like there's some purpose for me deciding to go what steps I take next. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I'm just going to let that guide me. Right. hundred okay. percent, whatever, sure. whatever, wherever yeah. it leads. Yeah. That's what's where it's going to lead. I don't know. <laughs> like I've, I've thought about how I'm going to do it, but I, I want that. Like, cause this is like a dream halo game for yeah. me. The, the, the second I saw, the gameplay original gameplay overview I, over a year ago and they showed that open sandbox halo and you go in and warthog drive around and you can do this and do that and even the trailers before when they just kind of show a warthog off the pan view just driving across the ring right i'm like oh my gosh like this is like some something i've been waiting for like ever since i discovered xbox 20 years ago you know right. what i mean this is this is yep, the culmination of, of what that finally is and I don't, I don't have, a, and I just decided I can't go into this with a plan. I, I don't know. I'm just gonna be chief, 
and I'm going to go save the fucking world. Right. And and I'm going to be, I'm going to just let it take me, man. I like, I, I want to get so immersed in this. That's why I don't care about co-op, to be honest with you, like at launch, because for me, it's always been such a like personal thing with the story that like, I really want to take it in. I want to be that character. I want to like, not, I get that. I, I, I don't want to hear other people talking to me and, and like stuff. I, Cause I really, it, it immerses me like Halo does like nothing else. And I, yeah. and I, and I want to be in on that ring and that open world immerse and just make the decisions of what, whatever I need to do to, to accomplish the goals. Right. No, and I, I, and I, I, yeah. And I get, you know, I know you can't wait brother. And I, and I honestly, like I said, the closer we get, the more we see, the more hyped I get as a casual Halo fan. I really do. Like, I'm not saying that just to say it like it is yeah. like, it's kind of crazy. Like I wasn't expecting it to get to this point especially on the campaign side. I knew I would enjoy the multiplayer, and especially once I played Big Team Battle. It's like, okay, yeah, this is this is the Battlefield-type chaos that I love. I'll, I'll definitely be finding some time in here, especially with everybody in the community that I now know, too. So, But for the campaign, it really is catching my eye in a different way than I thought it would mm-hmm. because of the changes they've made to it. But I get what you're saying as far as, as you not caring about the co-op. That's why I've, you know, I haven't fought against it. I've never been to the the delay halo guy or anything like that without the co-op like i said it's just a miss for me because it's it's not the same experience that you're going to have with halo um per se not to say that i might not find that in this one but i'm just saying overall it's different for you it's like it's like me with like a a red dead redemption right i would never want somebody talking in my ear while i was immersing myself in red dead redemption right that would that, that would take away from the whole story like that's you know that's one of my 10 out of 10 games so i totally get that fact Mm. Um, I just think that three, four, three, it's kind of crazy how everything all comes together now at one time. Right. And sometimes things just happen for a reason. Yeah. And I think that year off and being able to bring, and I know we, we can have debates about what the year off meant and what was going on. I know there's plenty of people that have strong opinions about that, but at the end of the day, they did take the year. Like you, like you said, it was, a, it was a, big pill to swallow like i said i would not i would love to have been that fly on the wall when phil told satya that that yeah. was happening oh and, that, and the I, next day he had to go <laughs> yeah. on uh with gary witta on yeah, his like right. animal uh crossing yeah. uh yeah animal crossing thing right yeah. and i was like oh man like he, he has to do that the next day wow that's right crazy. right right it is crazy um i would love to have been a fly, fly on the wall for those meetings and to know exactly what happened like i said there's got to be a book specifically about halo infinite written someday about the inner workings and what was going on at 343 and at xbox and at microsoft and how all that went down because like you said the marketing that was paid for all the the plans that were in place you know knowing that it's costing you hype around your brand new console that you just Mm -hmm. squeezed out the door during a pandemic and not to have this game there but it happened and they gave him a chance and they brought in, you know, they brought back Joseph Staten um, and they did all these little things and they refocused that entire group and, and really started becoming transparent, giving those updates leading up to this summer. Um, it was so important and so vital to, to Halo. Um, and now here we are in a, in a down year when it comes to Call of Duty, right? And Battlefield has tons of questions about it. 
And you've got the multiplayer in Halo looking like the best multiplayer that 343 for sure has put out and maybe up there with the classic Bungie multiplayers of old. And now you've got this campaign that had so many questions surrounding it, so many different things going against it at all times, what, what, if they could get it together. And here they are seemingly at the last I don't want to say the last possible moment because obviously they've had this thing put together for a while. Joseph Staten said you could play through it when he joined. So again, it's been in place, but they brought it all together to this point that a month out, they're giving media access to allow to play it for four hours. And those media people are coming out of it saying, looking good, feeling good. Mm -hmm. It's crazy how sometimes that happens uh that the, the worst of scenarios turns out to be the best of scenarios at the end of the day and when we look back if they pull this off and this becomes a 10-year juggernaut that they plan it to be we'll, we'll say that that year off was the biggest artist but also the best decision that phil and 343 everybody over there made uh in the history of halo and that that's saying something yeah. right so pr pretty incredible stuff. No, uh, hey, shout out to everybody in the chat. I see you all. Great discussions. Thank you for being here. I don't want to forget to say that you are watching or maybe you're in the future listening to PM and the PM, Pong and Math in the PM. Thank you for all being here. Uh, staying with Halo Mav a little bit here. Next week, let's touch on this real quick. Yeah. Um, next week is the 20th anniversary. Uh, for both Xbox and for Halo. We know that they've got the celebration on Monday. Uh, there's been some stuff swirling about that. We've got Jez saying that he's got a contact, a, a source that he trusts extremely well uh, that is telling him that he, he will want to watch that show. We've had Aaron Greenberg come out and obviously say, hey, temper expectations, no new games are going to be announced. Uh, this is, I think his other words were, this is not meant to be a news dump. This is a celebration of the history of Xbox and obviously Halo's anniversary. Um, we had uh, what we talked about on Boom Show, a little interesting thing where Halo Infinite, if you type it into your mobile Google browser, comes up with a, re a release date, a launch date of November the 15th. <laughs> so uh, yeah. we've had all this stuff kind of swirling around uh, next week. And what's going to exactly happen? I'm going to be stuck at work. Uh, I was trying to get off, but we've got a meeting that day and I can't. I'm kind of pissed, but it happens. Real life first. Uh, but I will definitely have it on. Uh, and be watching it as it's happening. And I can't wait to see all of you uh, react to whatever they announce. But in your mind, man, uh, sitting on this week, kind of leading up here, it's a big day. It's a big day for Xbox. It's a big day for Halo. There's a lot going on right now. There's a huge tidal wave of positivity uh, that Xbox is specifically carrying in to this season, especially coming off of the heels of the uh, absolute juggernaut that Forza Horizon 5 has all of a sudden overnight become. Um, not overnight Already in terms over of the entire franchise. Million. Yeah, million. Yeah. Insane. I'm, just, I'm talking about in terms of time frame here. Yeah. I'm not talking about the franchise as a whole, obviously. I know Forza has been big for a very long time, but Forza Horizon 5 has taken the world by storm in a way that other Forza Horizons has 
not in the short term. They've done well in the long haul, but in the short term, this is the biggest launch that, well, Phil came out and said it's the biggest Xbox game studio launch in history, right? So that tells you something. Um, so coming into next Monday and thinking about where everything kind of stands, you know, touch on it. You could, you could touch on it from a Halo standpoint if you think that we're going to get something on Monday, if they're going to do something special. Now, I know we talked about this in Boom Show, but also from an Xbox standpoint, if you want to, what do you think we see on Monday? Where, where, where are you standing at at this point? Dude, I got no freaking clue, man, because it's like, <laughs> you know, usually you can kind of get a good feed on this kind of stuff yeah. and a good beat on it, and it's like, um, all right, these people are saying this, these people are saying that, but there's so much, like, contradictory, like, stuff out there, you know? Yeah, and yeah. the thing is, most of the contradictions are coming from Xbox themselves, right? Uh, right. Kind of putting out there, hey, don't expect too much from this. But then you got to look at the language carefully, and it's like, okay, well, they didn't say not to look out for this. They didn't say not to look out <laughs> for that. They just said a couple things, right? So it's, man, I, I don't, I don't know. I what what? So I think about it like, what is like a realistic thing, right? Right. Like right. what is what is a realistic thing, and something that um we've talked about multiple times before about hey you know that halo infinite multiplayer what if they released it early in beta mode and left it in beta until launch right it just would make sense because it's a free-to-play multiplayer right and you could still get away with saying it's like it's still day and date with the campaign if you're in season zero before launch right and it's a way of doing early access on a game without giving full early access uh, on a game. Um, Free-to-play games have been doing this for a long time with uh, early access with like bundles like a digital deluxe bundle or or a uh, founder's pack or, or whatever. You know, they'll do like season one, season one bundle, all this kind of stuff where you get to play for a couple weeks or whatever. Now... It seems like okay. It's like wait. It's like three weeks before launch, roughly. If that's the case, that seems pretty reasonable for them to do something like that for a free-to-play multiplayer game. Gives them a chance to have an excuse for the servers before launch as well. Um, it being in beta still or early release form, right? Um, plus you have you know, the self-celebration of the 15th and you give, get to kind of offer something to people, right? So it's, for me, that's the most realistic thing. And I don't, I don't, a lot of people would be like shocked. Oh my gosh, you know, it for me, it doesn't seem like that. That's not that crazy, you know? Um, just because it, it is, you don't need the campaign to even play the multiplayer. It's, it's the multiplayer. You don't even have to have Game Pass. You don't have to have Xbox Live Gold. You know, it's you can just play it. It's it's free to play. So if they did want to try and sell an extra like twenty dollar bundle thing, you right that comes with some extra content and stuff like that, and gives you that early access for like twenty thirty bucks, that's a complete viable option that fits with free to play models, a hundred percent. So um, it, that that wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. Do I think it's gonna happen? Um. I think before now and before launch, there's going to be people playing the multiplayer. 
I don't know how it's going to happen exactly, right? But I, I think that's very likely. Uh, either another shorter beta, a weekend thing, or something more like what we said. Um, I, it just seems to make too much sense. Now, beyond that, I hope we get another look at the campaign. Um, okay. Just like, you know, another segment or something. You know, a little story hint, but nothing that's concrete. I just want to, I, I want to get like the feels, right? Watching this event, right? Kind of, kind of like the Skyrim thing they did today. They took the Skyrim thing. You know, you you alluded to how they had the music and all that stuff going. Yeah. I, like, I wanted to have like a Halo orchestra there, and I want them to be playing music from Halo with with uh, trailers of like Halo's Halo Past and gameplay from Halo Past and roll right into a scene from Infinite, right? Right. And music from Infinite and kind of do a montage of music from Infinite and then right at the end of that be like um, Game Pass Ultimate subscribers or for $20 for anybody who's not get your uh, digital founders pack today and go play Halo Infinite multiplayer now. That would be insane. Yep. That that would that that would cause some waves right there. Yeah, <laughs> and it'd also get a lot of Game Pass subs too. If yeah. if they tied it to Game Pass, it's just Correct. an idea, you know. I yeah. mean, I, if I was if I had if I was them and I had the and I, th- I thought it was possible to to make that happen, that's exactly what I would do. Right. 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 So. That, so if I'm looking at realistic realist realisticness, like a if if that's what I would do, then I would say maybe that's what they'll do. Okay. Um, what about you, man? Look, I think the sky's the limit on this show. Uh, again, we know they're not going to do any new announcements, um, game announcements, uh, as far as that goes. I don't think we're going to have any acquisition talk there whatsoever. This is going to be a true celebration for Xbox, right? And how far. They've come where they've been and what they've done up to this point and where they're going. So I think you're definitely going to have a past, present, and future uh, type of yeah. uh, of celebration, right? And they're they're definitely going to. That's going to be the main focus, right? Uh, is doing that, and obviously Halo is a huge part of that. So I expect Halo to have a spotlight when it comes uh, to this show. And I think I said on Bloom Show with every. Uh, award ceremony, whether it's the Oscars or Golden Globes or whatever, right? They give give away gift baskets to everybody mm-hmm. who's there in attendance, right? <laughs> I think I think Xbox is going to give us a gift basket. Uh, it just depends how big that's actually going to be. I'll take another now, Series X, Xbox. You know, I'll <laughs> right? the address. All I gotta do is watch. Would that Let's be go. great? Oh my god! Uh, Phil just comes out and goes, "You get one, you get one." Does yeah. the old Oprah meme? Um, <laughs> that would be fantastic. Uh, so I think it's just how big they're going to go with this thing. Again, when it comes to Halo specifically, do I think they're going to drop the game? No, I don't think they're going to drop the game. Uh, it was fun to talk about on Boom Show, but obviously that's not realistic uh, for many, 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 many reasons. Uh, but it's cool to think about because, again, me personally, if I was Phil, yeah, I'd drop the nuke, right? I, I would just do it. <laughs> just just, just create the waves because the hype would not – there's no way possible you could – give more hype at any one moment than if they came out on stage and said that, yeah, you get some backlash for it, but at the end of the day it would be the biggest thing ever to have one of the biggest things ever to happen in video games. So I would do it, but they're, they're, they're not probably not going to do that. 
I think realistically, I think if you had to ask me for the highest percent chance, I think we get another flight. Um, and I think they open it up. Um, I don't think they go full beta on it. I don't think they keep it open through launch, but I think they do pretty much give you the full boat with this flighting and let people go wild. Um, and I think that that would do a couple of different things. It would allow them to stress the servers more because you know how many people are going to jump in this time around if they just make it open for everybody. Um, you know exactly that they're going to be able to see what, how the servers respond. Again, they, there's no way they can possibly prepare for what's going to happen on launch day. It's going to be insane, uh, especially after this Forza Horizon launch. I'm sure they're probably going, oh boy, that's Forza Horizon 5. We're talking about Halo. Free to play for everybody. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I think that that's one thing. Um, and another thing would be the anticipation to open it up to everybody, make it not an invite only kind of moment, give everybody, let's say, let's say they open it up from, um, let's say they open it up from Monday through Monday, right? So they open it up for the week. That would be huge. That would be everybody. I mean, all the other games out there would hate them for it, but that, yeah. I mean, basically everybody be playing Halo for the next week and you give everybody that crack addiction that you want for all yeah. the people that don't already have it. Like you said, man, you steal all you guys, like ever since they shut down the servers after the last lighting have been crack fiends. You guys like thinking about how we're going to get able to play next Halo, right? How, how we get, they, they need to do it again. <laughs> right. And I've yeah. seen so many people like you guys, and again, even me, myself, I kind of miss it not being able to hop in there because I was having such a blast with freaking big team battle. It was ridiculous having full squads, man. It was insane, right? Playing with Wandering Dutch and those guys and, and you guys, it was just absolutely chaos, but it was so much fun. I kind of miss it too. But to give everybody else that taste, everybody who maybe missed out or didn't have the chance, and then, you know, just the, the, just the people in general who didn't get, didn't get the invites or anything, to give everybody an opportunity to get that taste of it and go, oh, this is what everybody was talking about. Okay, now I get it. Leading up to launch, that is going to be a huge deal for them. So I definitely think we get another flighting. Um, and I think it'll be an extended one. Um, you know, maybe not, maybe it'll be another short one, but I would hope they would open it up for an extended period of time and just let everybody who wants a chance to get in there and enjoy it. So I think realistically, that's what it's going to be. Um, I think from the Xbox side of things, we are definitely getting backwards compatibility stuff. Um, we've been waiting on this for a long time for them to start that program back up again. There is a ton of games out there they need to work on. I know they can't get every single one of them for all different reasons, but it looks like they're going to start doing that. Um, and it looks like at least part of that list that was leaked out is legit. It looks like Dead or Alive uh, 2 Ultimate uh, might be available right now. Uh, I saw... I saw a special Nick downloaded it to his 360 backwards compatible from the uh, Xbox one. It's available. And, the, and on the that store. wasn't back in pad before. Correct. Correct. Well, so, that, um, you know what I mean? There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think we're definitely going to see that on Monday. I can't wait to see the list of games. One of the games leaked math was alpha protocol. And we know that the deal was just, uh, you know, the Alliance with Sega had just been made. So we might get an actual backwards compatibility alpha protocol. Which is interesting because that game was yeah. actually even delisted from Steam before. Correct. Correct. So wouldn't so that be cool? <laughs> they, they would have, if they added to the storefront, 
they would yeah. actually have to reactivate the licensing right uh for the music or and stuff for this game yeah. for the stuff um, yeah so i don't know again i you know there was a ton of games on the list and some of them were questionable uh some of them were like head scratchers but who knows again microsoft and xbox are riding a wave of hype right now you cannot deny the good news that's just seems to be almost at this point daily with xbox like it's hard it's hard to come on these shows especially these non-console centric shows mav and you know this find news to talk about playstation or talk about nintendo because xbox is dominating right now dominating um, so i th- yeah. yeah they really are and they're riding this high and this forza horizon 5 thing just push that even further i can't imagine the smile on Satya's face right now when Phil's giving him the stats, right? So there's no limit right now to what they could do going forward. So Monday, I think is just going to be um, the, you know, just the start of something really big leading up to Halo launch where they just celebrate all of Xbox, really celebrate where they've come from, how they got to now today. I think we're going to get a glimpse into the future. I think we might see one maybe two games uh, down the road, ones that are already announced, whether it's Avowed, uh, you know, whether it's Fable, what something, maybe Hellblade 2. I think that one's saving for the Game Awards personally. But I think they show us a glimpse into the future as well with something they've already announced. But I think the real focus is going to be the past, present, talk about backwards compatibility, obviously Halo, um, and then give us a glimpse into the future and where they're going. Um, and I think that would work out perfect for Monday. So that's um, that's where my mindset is. Um, but uh, I can't wait. Again, kind of sad. I'm not going to be able to podcast that day, but I uh, can't wait to talk about it later next week. Obviously, Tuesday with Boom is going to be a blast, whatever comes out of it. But I really do hope we get another taste of Halo before launch. And I think they're going to do it. So that is the Halo and Xbox anniversary celebration next Monday. So be there, tune in. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a great show. So Mav, we've got, let's see, we've been going for about an hour and 40 minutes. Just yeah. We've had right a few now. requests that we do a four hour yeah. show. A four hour show guys. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You got, Hey, I do those on a regular almost on Saturday yeah. morning. So, <laughs> but you know what, Mav tonight though? Yeah. It might be a problem to tonight. Yeah. We got, we got battlefield people. Battlefield's opening up tonight. There's already people playing it. There's already people posting screenshots. I'm getting starting to chomp at the bit here yeah. to go play some Battlefield. Sounds like, and this is just sounds like because I have no hands-on experience yet, but it's sounding like all the problems that we saw in the beta, or at least let's say a lot of them have been resolved, which would be huge because Battlefield's got a chance. Because Call of Duty right now, man, this is off topic. But man, have there ever been when's the last year you remember Call of Duty not being talked about? Like hardly at all. What's, what's like, Call of Duty? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. But when's the last year that Call of Duty launched, and it's still probably doing great sales numbers? Don't get me wrong. Not saying Call of Duty's dead by any stretch of the imagination. People always get kind of funny about that when you start talking about Call of Duty having a drop off. All I'm saying is hype level wise, I can't remember a year that a Call of Duty launched and barely anybody noticed. Yeah. And I swear, like nobody noticed. There's nobody, there's hardly anybody in the community posting pictures from Call of Duty Vanguard. 
everybody's posting pictures of Forza Horizon. I'm not just talking about the Xbox side. There's some PlayStation guys posting some pictures of the campaign from Vanguard, but nobody's talking about all this awesome stuff they're seeing in multiplayer, right? I seen one video on the uh, most OP gun right now, which is the Stig for uh, Stig 40, Stig 44, I think it is. And I saw a video on how to equip that out. But the, like, that's the only Vanguard stuff I've seen anywhere. Like, am I just not seeing it, Mav? Or are you on the same page here? You're not seeing that either. It's like a Call of Duty ghost town around here, man. I don't know <laughs> what's going on, but it feels weird. You know, I was like, hey, weird. usually the streets right now are, are littered with the blood of all the fallen soldiers in Call of Duty. <laughs> and I... <laughs> We have all the streamers and and everybody like on Twitter and stuff just being like, "Hey, I'm really enjoying this COD this year." You know, I'm not seeing crap, dude. And I and it's weird, man. I, I mean, you it have to weird. search for it. Yeah, uh, if you yeah. search for it, you can find some stuff. But it's usually flooding right. everything, you know, or you just like you, you just live in a Call of Duty world yeah. all of a sudden. And man, it's very strange. What very a what a year! Uh, what an opportunity this year for battlefield who has been like the main call of duty competitor over the last I don't know, 20 years or whatever, you know, and yeah, IGN did a great video on that too, by the way, I, I tweeted that out earlier this week. Uh, they did a great review of the battlefield call of duty uh, kind of battle uh, over the, over the past couple decades. Awesome job actually gave some good history on it. Yeah. Pretty incredible where they came from. Yeah, man. And, yeah. And, and it's kind of always been like, you know, Battlefield didn't come out every year, right? Call of Duty did. And it's like Battlefield it didn't really hit at times where Call of Duty was more consistent, you know? And now it's like, you know, Call of Duty's had the spike with Modern Warfare, but they've been kind of going like this the last few years, yeah. right? Yep. And then this is a what looks like to be with Battlefield 2042 uh, uh, a next step leap with uh with these types of games right where you you kind of have ones flailing should be their best call of duty yet but it's not seeming like it you know and then battlefield has a chance to come up here and and make some waves and uh, you know i haven't like i think the hype floundered a little bit with the beta right because of some of the issues but yep but even before that like it with did the, with the announcements and the trailers and all that stuff i haven't seen that much battlefield hype in a long no. time, right? Um, yeah. So for not just for Battlefield, but Halo has a big opportunity here as well. Oh um, no! Yeah. Like, but <laughs> as far as like um, this this weekend right now, I think it's going to be a Battlefield world. I think yeah. I think we're in, over the next few weeks. You're going to see a lot of Battlefield stuff, right? I, and, yeah. I, and I uh, I'm excited tonight because we're streaming tonight, guys. Uh, yes. a, after this show. Gonna uh, get things set up. We're gonna have a stream. We're gonna have a launch night. Uh, Battlefield 2042 stream. Pong is gonna play. Uh, you said Steel Rang's gonna yep. is gonna play. Steel's coming through. Kate's Absolutely. Get, Kate's gonna play. She's got it awesome. going and installing. So we're gonna have some fun. So stay tuned onto this channel for that yep. tonight. Uh, looking forward to to having some fun. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to. It. I think it's got. This is a year for Battlefield, man. Yeah, um, it, it, it's it's a year for them to at least reclaim that modern style yes. 
warfare again, right? And remind everybody how well they used to do it, even if they don't knock it out of the park, which again will be a tragedy to me as a battlefield diehard. It's going to be a tragedy to me. But like you've said, Mav, time and time again, DICE will eventually get the game right, even if it isn't perfect when it comes out. No game's perfect, but you know what I'm saying. Even if it's got some issues, they will eventually get it right. They don't let it sit there and not get fixed for the most part, unlike a Call of Duty that winds up having the same issues over and over again, year after year, without it ever being fixed. So I think they do have the opportunity to reestablish themselves. I just hope that they have fixed and Rick Payne and Rick Payne said in the chat that he had, he had played it and that it is a bit better than the beta. So we will find out tonight. Like Mav said, stay tuned to fun speculation. We will be playing for sure. I've got the ultimate edition. So you're going to see me decked out in my special weapon camo, my special armor camo. Yeah. I paid a lot of money for that edition. Like I said, I'm a Battlefield diehard. I don't care. I don't care if I'm playing with all bots. I I'm going to play Battlefield. Um, but uh, I think Halo, Mavs, back to your point about that, Halo is really Godzilla waking up and coming out of the ocean. Right? It's the return yeah. of the king. It really it feels that way to me as an outsider looking in. Uh, Halo, again, things sometimes just come together all at the right time and it really feels it's hard to catch like that halo. lightning in a bottle it is it yeah. is it is and halo, and halo is rising out of the ocean like godzilla to remind all the first person shooters why they're even around right and i think <laughs> yes. that it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty on console on console least, yes. right it it, it it truly is feels like that moment where they're going to be back again and everybody's gonna go oh now i remember or the people who weren't around for prime halo days are gonna go oh this is why everybody was saying that right so i think this is this is going to be the year that they come back and to play again and really really remind yeah. everybody why they are considered one of the absolute pillars of video game history you're uh, you're, so, you're right with this too pong because like going back to the 20 years of xbox and halo like People for, like just forget, and like people mm -hmm. like things that become old can become new again. Because I think yeah. a lot of times they just become old because they just be, lose their cool card. Like it's not cool to like it anymore, or or the uh, maybe that you're just on to something else and it feels newer, and you're just kind of like, ah, you know, this is what's trending now, and I'm, you know, that's lame now. You know what I mean? And yep. and sometimes those things come back where it's like, oh. I realized oh, yeah. I was an idiot for 10 years for not liking this <laughs> because this was always better or, or you know what I mean? Like you, yeah, you start to course. realize the core aspects of like Halo was never really dated no. with this gameplay. You know what I mean? No. The core mechanics of Halo um, where there was some things that like needed to be more modernized, like the speed of the gameplay and stuff like that. As far as like mechanically, in a lot of ways, like it, it's still superior to a lot of shooters that were out there okay. with uh, sure. skill-based shooting, like with with all this stuff. And I think that it just takes something to get popular enough for enough people to try it and just get excited about it and play it to where they actually rediscover this stuff. Right? You're like rediscovering these things, or or like what was old feels new because no games do that anymore. 
right? And it, then you have people, that time to kill is too much. Ah, the time to kill, you know, I want to kill some, I want to shoot somebody five <laughs> times with the SMG and then be dead. You know, I get it. You know what I mean? You want games to be easy, right? I understand, right. you know, like you're used to corner camping and, and rooms and somebody run by you, just go and and they're dead, you know? <laughs> doesn't work that way with halo you know it never has right there's a, there's there's a reason you gotta have skill to play to to really get good at halo right and i think that that aspect is actually winning over new gamers now who are sick of that kind of stuff right learning that oh, okay there's more to shooters right than this old just run and gun style gameplay yeah. right so yep. it's it's uh it's really it's it's nice to see the opportunity be to be taken here and catching yep. that lightning at a bottle man it's weird this is like a reverse of halo 5 right, right. halo right. 5 i think didn't it come out the same year as the battlefield and, and a call of duty and obviously call of duty call of duty comes out every year but <laughs> yes. battlefield doesn't hit every year right and, no. and, and i feel like just the way the mindset is, and it's like completely reversed because nobody was hyped for Halo Five, right? right? Like all the media podcasts are, that we're listening to, all the big ones are like, "Hey, you know, eh, it, are you even excited for Halo?" And they're like, "No, not really. I don't know why." <laughs> you know, that's the conversations that were being had back then, and now it's like the most talked about game, right? Um, so it, it's interesting and, to see, man. I uh, love it. it. Yeah, and. To your point, Matt, that you brought up on a show or brought up in the chat actually the other day and one of the other shows when I was there, um, it's overall, it's because Xbox has so much momentum yeah. and has gained so much mind share. Mm -hmm. And we just saw it with Forza Horizon 5, right? Forza Horizon has always been a great game. It has gotten high reviews it's been yeah. 90s for the past what three versions four versions now three yeah versions. and i feel like it's like the one franchise that they just like they yeah they, they would just be unjustified in any way to write a negative review because it's so perfect like it's like one right. of those like perfect franchises so it still stood above the rest and kind of withstood it did all the negativity but it still didn't ascend no, it didn't into hit. the heights like this because of right. the disexcitement right. for xbox right Correct. That's the whole thing. And that, that was a perfect point that you made was that, that that's what's different now. That's why it feels again, we were just talking about this, forgetting what it feels, what something feels like math Mav, This is almost, almost not quite the same because PlayStation is very, very strong. They have put out a great system. Yeah. There is zero issues with PlayStation, but that's why this feels so much like the 360 era. Mm -hmm. Right. That, that's why this is what it felt like all the time during the 360 era. Microsoft Xbox was always making headlines. They were getting exclusives. Games were just by default getting exclusives because they couldn't make it work on PS3 and that cell processor that there was always a new magazine. And again, this is long before the Internet was what it is now. Right. We didn't have social media like back then that we do now. But you were getting it in the chat rooms if you were happen to be in chat room, but otherwise you'd see the magazines come out and it was a new story about Xbox or new game that Xbox announced or new, you know, one of the publishers had come out and said, hey, we're just making this game for Xbox. We're skipping PlayStation for right now. That was constantly like that back then. 
and there was always something new and fresh coming down the pipeline. Yeah. And, and, and it was so different. There was such a diversity of games back then that that's what we're getting now. And people have forgotten. And now it's times 10, the amount of content we're getting, right? It's maybe even times a hundred, what we were getting back then, but this is how it felt on a daily basis. And I can go back and now remember it. And like you said, with the mind share slowly, but surely shifting. And now the media has picked up what Xbox is putting down and how positive people have gotten about this in the greater masses. That's why you feel this energy. And that's why it feels different this time around. So even though we knew the old fours horizons were great, the Xbox, Xbox community has always said it, even the media praised it, but it didn't get that traction. But Forza Horizon 5 is getting that traction because of that extra energy that's around. And now you see people wanting to get Xbox, wanting to get Game Pass, simply to go play a Forza Horizon game, Forza Horizon 5 specifically. Yeah. And that's what's different now. And that's huge. That's, that's so gigantic. You don't understand it from a business standpoint. And that's why I say right now they're kicking back in those offices and they're not going to slow down. They're pushing this into overdrive. So expect this to continue because they're in a growth phase and they could not have planned this out any better than right now. Like you said, Matt, catching lightning in a bottle. All right, Matt. So we've been going, it's almost eight o'clock. Do you want to stop here? Do you want to hop into Skyrim and Starfield for a short bit? Obviously it's not as big a topic as, as Xbox Halo or the past year. Uh, what, what do you want to do, brother? I, I feel like we can give some uh, attention to Starfield, Skyrim yeah. stuff. Yeah, you know, you you yeah. watch, you had a chance to watch the uh, event uh, earlier. I had <laughs> not had a chance to watch it, but I really am excited mm. to watch it uh, later on tonight. Um, yeah, because uh, I love that kind of stuff, man. I love the orchestral things. I love the music and all that <laughs> stuff. Shout out to Randall Thor. Yes, Rand, I'm on a podcast. Imagine that. You're, you are correct, sir. Thank you for stopping in. Uh, appreciate you, brother, dropping in here, man. It's great to see you. I uh, hope you're having a good time. I know you've probably been putting a lot of time in Forza Horizon 5 as well. Great videos, by the way, too, brother. So, yeah, great I'm, Randall I'm Thor. Rand because he is like holds every record like on everything. In, in Forza. <laughs> I know. That's ridiculous. always the problem. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, what did we see in that? What did you see on that uh, Skyrim anniversary event? Yeah, this is the. I'm going to get dramatic here for a minute, just because obviously I'm a Bethesda stan. Obviously, I love Todd Howard, affectionately known as God Howard, around in these parts here. Uh, praises, praise be his name. Um, look. There are sometimes this is what I love about hobbies like video games and uh, in general is that there, no matter what's going on in your life, and this has been a long week for a lot of different reasons, but no matter what's going on, sometimes those hobbies or the small enjoyments that you get really just change your perspective and can put a whole new spin on the day. Um, I actually um, got away from my desk to watch this today. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know, they had a concert today. Um, for the Skyrim 10th anniversary. So Bethesda put on one of their big productions. It was videotaped, it wasn't live, uh, but they got the London, uh, the London Symphony Orchestra to perform Skyrim music. Um, and they got uh, a bunch of people to tell their stories as to how Skyrim specifically had uh, positively affected their lives, right? 
Um, now, some people were kind of upset because they were talking while the music was going on, but it just added to the moment for me personally, listening to these people's stories yeah. um, and listening to the Skyrim music. And Skyrim, again, is one of the greatest. There's a reason why. We can have debates all day long. If you don't like Skyrim, I totally understand. I'm not, I never tell anybody they should like something for any reason whatsoever. Games are games. You like what you like. Play what you love, love what you play is what I always say. But Skyrim arguably is one of the greatest games of all time ever created by a lot of people in a lot of people's minds. Okay. Um, that's why it's been here for 10 years. That's why it's still here today. So having these people's stories and how it changed their lives, whether in a small way or whether in a very large way, um, there was one gentleman on there who had a drug addiction who said that Skyrim actually saved his life wow. because it kept him in treatment while he was going through that. Like, like, it's, it's sometimes hard for us to put ourselves in that position, but I could see where he's coming from, right? It gave him something to do and it, 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 and it captured him in such a way that he could focus on getting himself clean and getting himself better and not think about, you know, his addiction all the time. So stuff like that was crazy. So this orc, this, the London Symphony Orchestra just did obviously one of the best in the world when it comes to this stuff, but they just did such a, incredible job with the music from Skyrim. It was so moving and it was so powerful that I, I, I got away from my desk and just watched the whole thing. Um, but this is the type of impact that Skyrim overall has had and why we still see it being made today. And you can make fun of it, meme it. Um, you know, we talk about Grand <laughs> Theft Auto, you know, never getting Grand Theft Auto 6, you know, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Same with Skyrim. We're not going to see Elder Scrolls probably for another five years, uh, Elder Scrolls 6. But Skyrim has outlasted itself and has become the staple because of the game it is. And let me tell you, going back this past month and playing it, and I've already touched on that, has been an eye-opening experience because I was away from it for so long. But to go back again to a game that, yes, you know it's 10 years old. No, it's not the most impressive game in the world. The updates that they've done have been fantastic and really brought it up to date, but it's still a 10-year-old game. But the magic is still there. And there are games like that but they're very few and far between for me, at least that can go back and still recapture it almost to the exact same way that it did the first time you ever turned it on. But Skyrim is one of those. I've been locked and loaded in this game. Um, so this anniversary, the music was absolutely incredible um, and really a powerful showcase. And by the way, they're putting it out. They're putting the music out. Um, you can go watch just the orchestra, the music without everybody talking on it. Uh, they've done that. They put it on YouTube uh, and they've got the full version on YouTube, obviously, but they're going to put the, uh, the music on Spotify and oh, all nice. streaming services as well. So, yeah. But um, another part of this was at the end, of course, Todd Howard came on, um, you know, said, thank you to everybody talked about, you know, Skyrim, whatever else, the anniversary. Um, and then he said, for everybody that showed up today, we got a little surprise for you. So go check this out. So then they went back to the London Symphony Orchestra and they actually played about, I want to say, four and a half, five minutes of music from Starfield. And wow, blowing yeah. away. Okay. You guys got to watch it for yourself, guys and gals. Watch it for yourself. I know Phasma was in there. Um, she was watching it too. Um, and actually had the same feelings I did, but go back and watch this for yourself and listen to it. Um, it is, if you want to know people who are at the peak of their craft, 
and what that looks like and how long Todd Howard and his team have been doing this for, they know exactly how to present a game, not only visually, but through the music. And, and Todd had talked about this in one of the interviews that he did as well. He did an AMA on Reddit, and he also had his interview with IGN and Ryan McCaffrey. And I think it was Ryan's interview that he actually talked about how the music was, they actually start the creation process with the music, right? So everybody's right. got their own way of doing things, but they start the creation process with the music first because the music sets the atmosphere for the entire game. And if you don't understand what that means, if you, if you haven't played a lot of Skyrim, or you haven't played a lot of uh, Bethesda games, go listen to this portion of this, okay? Because we, we haven't seen anything from Starfield. This is why I'm saying this. We haven't gotten any visuals. So we have nothing other than some artwork. Yeah, which I have but going go, on the stream right now. The concept going art. On the stream. Yeah. yeah, the concept art, which they showed off during it. But we have no representation, yep. right? So we don't know what this game is going to be. We know it's Skyrim in space. Great, fantastic. We can kind of visualize that, but we still don't have any frame of reference because we haven't seen it. Go listen to this music and tell me what comes to your mind. You can close your eyes during this piece and you will get so many different visions and different uh, ideas in your head about where it's going. It captures so many different classic sci-fi movies, TV shows. Like there are so many bits and pieces, but with their Bethesda spin on it you have to go listen to this and it gives you a great idea of how expansive this game is going to be just from listening to music like you can listen to Skyrim music now and you can get the sense of how big that world is just by listening to the music the same goes for this what Todd and his team are going for is going to be something truly special in my mind again yeah we don't know anything I know the people are out there saying can't hype something you don't know about Look, I can hype this because it's Bethesda, because it's Todd Howard's baby, because they know what they're doing. And when I hear the music that they just put together for this thing, I already know it's going to be fantastic. So go check it out. The Skyrim 10th anniversary celebration was today. Please, uh, if you enjoy classical music, especially, but even if you just enjoy game music, obviously that's what you're getting out of this. But that, that Starfield section really set it off for me um it was absolutely uh, just absolutely incredible Stellar, yeah. just ridiculous we, so, were we were talking about this a little bit beforehand like about what yeah. starfield could be and one thing i want to say too all right so as far as like yeah gta 6 and all that stuff at least with todd howard and bethesda and them they have a good excuse for not getting to another elder scrolls right away oh they have two good excuses one they're making another game right yep. So that's one thing that like uh, Rockstar is no news of like any big new thing. To, instead, um, they did make Red Dead Redemption Two. Still no new news of anything, but we already know that this is coming, right? Uh, yep. That uh, Starfield has been in the works since 2015, right? Since 2015, yep. after Fallout Four launched, holy crap, you know, and. Um, it's they're really making a huge leap with this, right? We talked about before going from the 360 to the Xbox One generation, and it really wasn't a huge leap. But they're talking about this being like a gigantic leap for their games, right? Um, and Skyrim Todd specifically said the biggest technical leap they've seen yet. Yeah. They thought the leap from 
from Xbox, the OG Xbox to the Xbox 360 was the biggest one up to this point. But he said this one here is by far the biggest one. And, so, the, and the tech they've been building for so long and working on yeah. is being able to be realized because of next-gen consoles and everything. And they're, util- they're ut- going to utilize a lot of the stuff that they're building with this game, Starfield, on Elder Scrolls Six, right? So it, it's going to be fascinating to see what does this look like, like in game. What are you going to be doing? Like he says, says Skyrim in space, right? Skyrim has stood the test of time because it's such a fantastic game, right? As you're saying, you know, it's um, anniversary yep. edition. All these things keep coming because it's it's so loved. Um, you launch that game now, um, it looks better than it ever did, right? Um, holds up. Fantastic! You get lost in it still. Starfield, Skyrim in space with more dialogue and, and more characters, and better said, AI with all this stuff. And he just and he just didn't say Skyrim in space, Mav. This time with Ryan McCaffrey, right? He said all the best parts of Skyrim. Skyrim right. Yep, that's what he said. So he said you can say Skyrim in space, but he goes, it's really just all the best parts of Skyrim. So right. that's yeah, that's big because we we all know what the best parts are. In Skyrim, right? The exploration, the NPCs, the storylines, all the lore behind it, the feeling of being able to be anything in that world that you want to be. Yeah. And and Todd's been talking about how now with the technological leap, it allows them to do even more of that because there are limitations. Because when it when asked about what some of you know some of the things that they you know he thought they could maybe do better uh, in a Skyrim. Um, you know, he just talked about some of the, 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 the illusion that was there, right. That, that you, there were some parts that are still just an illusion, but he wants to get rid of that. And they're going to go deeper into the AI. They're going to go deeper into the decision-making, all that kind of stuff. So they're really going for it here. This yeah. is, this is going to be the one. It's, it, that just can't wait. I, I, people have short memories again, you know, yeah. like uh, it's yeah. going to be interesting to, to see how this hits, you know, I uh, can't, can't wait. Starfield is definitely my most anticipated game of 2022 that we know about right now. Um, and one of my most anticipated games of the decade, you know, just, yeah. um, and yes, we don't know a lot yet, but I know no. enough. Right. And I like the fact that I don't know a lot yet. Right. Cause I feel like a game like this, is best played diving in without knowing everything, you know, just right. embracing the mystery of, of it. Like um, Skyrim, the, some of the best stuff that in Skyrim is the random shit that happens that makes it seem like a, a living, breathing <laughs> world. Best. Like it's you just best. walk down the street and somebody approaches you and, and gives you a letter, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's like, oh, somebody wants to kill me. Great. Uh, this is new news. Thank you for sharing this. You know, um, Hey, you want to go be a vampire? Go to this place. You know, like, uh, like, hey, this right. uh, uh, person's just stole something. Go hunt them down, please. You know, just <laughs> random, random stuff. Randomly know? having a dragon start attacking a bunch of uh, of giants out of the blue, yeah, a mammoth, right? Just the randomness that comes with that world makes it, like you said, Mav, feel more real. Yeah, and that's the best part because Todd knows that that's one of the keys. And I was so happy when he said all the best parts of Skyrim. Are going to be in Starfield. Yeah, it's just going to be on a universal level <laughs> versus just a one landmass level. Yeah, right? I just so I think cannot... of what that's going to be like going from planet <laughs> I know. to planet. 
Yeah. Like, that's my thing is like, okay, I, is each world going to feel like as fleshed out as something like uh, Tamriel? It, yeah. You know what that's I mean? That's what like, I can't wait to see like, is how oh they God. set it up. Because obviously, obviously, I know, like, we're not going to be able to travel. Like, it's not, it's, it's, you know, it's not going to be one of those games where you, you can, you've got 1 million planets to go visit. Like, like if I, if I get two complete planets out of this, maybe three complete planets out of this, I'll be a happy camper. Right. Because I know yeah. just from the details and, and, you know, from, from how they create those worlds, there's no way, right. That there would, there's no way they can do that yet. So, but just if they give us a couple of places to go that are as fleshed out as Skyrim or oblivion or fallout three or fallout four. If they give us any couple of places to go that are that fleshed out with all these different factions. And, you know, he said, that's going to be in there as well. Uh, the factions are, are, are very important. Um, I think we are in some, for something special. I really truly do. So yeah, for sure. Golden age, baby. It is the golden age, brother. It really, truly is. So, yeah, go check out Todd Howard if you guys are interested. Uh, again, he did an AMA uh, Reddit uh, question and answer session, which had some interesting topics in it. Um, um, he did uh, talk about the character creation. Um, again, this isn't a big deal for me as somebody who 95% of the time or 90% of the time creates a female character. Uh, I don't care, but he did talk about how you're gonna, they've got the pronouns in there. They've got all that stuff. You're going to be able to pick and choose um anything you want to right and and they did redid all the dialogue to match it um which is fantastic um and he talked about uh just really the character creation is going to be much more in depth than previous iterations of the character creation um let's see what other nuggets did he give out during ryan's interview um what's he say math he talked about we talked about um there was something else and i can't remember anyways can't remember what else he he did say something else about starfield but uh, yeah, a lot of the stuff felt like a lot of the same things he had talked about in the previous interview for the right? most part yeah and, yeah yeah i thought there i thought there was better questions to be asked than what were asked of him uh but at the end of the day it's still entertaining because todd is todd and and uh he definitely he's definitely a man who has been in this industry for a very long time and knows his place within the industry yeah. uh, and what he's created. He's I, very I confident within. <laughs> one thing of, of note was his role with that game. Yes. Compared yes. To the other yes. Games. Thank you. Right. Yeah, go ahead. Touch on that now. Yeah. yeah, yeah as yeah. far as like his day-to-day -day activities and how he, because yeah, cause a lot of people are confused by this, yeah. right? A lot of people have been confused with the Indiana Jones title with the fallout 76 titling, how involved was he? How involved is he going to be? So go ahead, man. Yeah. So as far as like Todd Howard, like he used to pretty much just run the one studio. Right. And then over time, he's become kind of like head of all the Bethesda studios. Right. Which they've kept growing. And like he has this Todd Howard empire underneath him with his like we can orchestrate all these things and, and make happen. So his name gets attached to things like Fallout 76 or like. Or like uh, Elder Scrolls Online, or or um, you know other projects where he's not ne the day to day creative director, right? And um, for example, like on Indiana Jones and uh, stuff like that, he's more of a um, he's going to be che he checks in like once every week, once every other week, once sometimes some games once a month, but like when he's the actual creative director of a game, like a Fallout Four. Fallout 3, Elder Scrolls, 
um, Skyrim, Elder Scrolls Oblivion, Elder Scrolls Morrowind, right? When he's when he's that's his role, he's day to day, right? He's overseeing every aspect of the game, right? Um, it's it's a more um, personal project to him, right? right? And um, I think this 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 one it, it was Starfield. He is a creative director. This is his day to day activities now is is overseeing that game and then checking on the other projects that that they have going on as well, which is great because I, I think that's a great role for him as well because he's he's got Howard right. And we want him involved with all the projects right. Um, and he also talked about in, I guess Indiana Jones that he is a little bit yeah. more involved with that because it's, it's yes. something he's always wanted to do his baby and stuff, you know, but yeah. um, as far as day to day right now, he's, he's on Starfield. And then once that wraps up, he'll be on elder scroll six. Cause that's yep. their next game. They've already said once they started working on Starfield, they he even said this back in 2006, 2017, 2018. Uh, one of the first interviews is that, yeah, after Starfield, there's elder scroll six. That's his next yep. game. So, yep. You know they already have this stuff planned out and and everything. So it's a, um, it's in pre production. Uh, it's in pre production. Obviously, yeah. they they do pre production. So I, a lot of people are upset. Uh, obviously, because first of all, it's been so long since Skyrim. Second of all, Fallout's not going to be pushed even further um, unless they give it up to somebody else, which Tata did address and said right now they have no plans to give up Fallout. That's one of their yeah. basically saying that's one of our babies. Um, we're, we're going to do that. So there's no plans right now to pass that off to another studio. It's in the works. It's in our plans. They got a one sheet. He said, there's a one sheet, uh, write up, uh, for the next fallout. So they are way yeah. that, that, that not even close to fall. Right? People got to realize this, right? Yeah. There's a reason yeah. because these games are so massive. Yes. They cannot work on like three of these at yeah. a time. You yeah. know, if they want to do them right, like that's why. We haven't that's seen wild. another Skyrim yet, and another another anything like that. Like they did Fallout three, they did Fallout four, right? Yep. And in order to get another game, they would have to pass something off like they did before to Obsidian, like Fallout New Vegas, and it would be kind of like a not. It wouldn't be like a, a true next game. It, it would it, be not a mainline, yeah. not a mainline game, right? It and, would be a, another off story right, right. like, a, like that, a like a secondary game that's yeah. a possibility they could do end yeah. up doing that at, at some point but like i feel like with the elder scrolls online and Fallout 76 it's less of a necessity now right yes. because you have Todd kind of talked about going that. still yeah. Yeah. you know you don't need to keep them alive by putting out other other games like you got the content keep coming out in the fallout world and in the elder scrolls world so now your main focus is those main games so but guess what you're only going to get one of these mainline games every four years if you're lucky, right? Five to six, but, more likely. <laughs> and, but what I'm hoping for Elder Scrolls yeah. Six is because they spent more time working on the tech, yes. right, for this. Yes, um, yes. Since that's one of the reasons maybe it's taken so long. Plus, you also had, you know, a year uh, at least of a pushback probably from COVID as well. Correct. Right. Correct. So you do the math, you look about maybe five years in right now. Um, plus maybe it would already have been extended because of the net, the jump in tech technology and stuff with the engine and all the extra work that goes involved. So maybe once Starfield is done, that engine is ready, ready to go more 
for Elder Scrolls and all that pre-production work can all they can just kind of roll head, head first into into implementing everything. Oh, absolutely. So yes. I, I think I think it won't be as long between Fallout 4 and Starfield. I mean, between Elder Scrolls 6 and Starfield as it was between Starfield and Fallout 4. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Uh, that reminded me too, Mav. He did uh, confirm that the game is completely, Starfield we're talking about, is completely yeah. playable uh, from start to finish. Um, that they are just working on all the pieces in between. Uh, Ryan asked him if that meant polishing, and Todd said, oh, no, we're not there yet. Uh, also, uh, you know, it was brought up. So, you know, Ryan said, well, you guys gave us a release date of 11-11-22. I would say it's in pencil. Um, and then Todd instantly said, or he goes, I would say it was in pencil, uh, not necessarily ink. And Todd goes, no, I, th- I think it's pretty much ink. You know, we put it in a trailer he yeah. goes i think that pretty much says it all um and then so ryan kind of asked him a follow-up question about kind of the confidence in that date and todd goes when we put a date out there that means internally you know we're confident that that's that's our date right that that that's our date now he said there's a lot you know he said there's a lot that can happen so we got a lot of work to do but we put the date out there for a reason right and he goes plus it looks really cool so um, I, I think we can all lock that in, uh, barring another worldwide issue uh, again. I think we can lock that in. Todd talked about how his entire studio had learned a lot through this, how to work, uh, you know, uh, remotely and all that kind of stuff. That 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 has been a challenge. Um, however, his it, they've gotten better at it uh, and they're comfortable with it now. Um, and so I think that's a big thing. Like you were just talking about Mav, as far as elder scrolls and next fallout goes, they're going to learn, they're learning all this new, uh, the new engine, the upgraded engine through making Starfield. So, uh, I think you're spot on. I've said that on other shows as well. I think this is that that's going to translate into a faster turnaround time for elder scrolls six. However, I still see it as 2025 at the earliest. Um, I'm thinking 2026, but we could see it holiday 2025. Um, and then you can expect fallout after that point, probably 2028, 2029 at the end of this generation. So um, for everybody waiting for new ones of those, I know it's frustrating, but again, this is why these games are so good. This is why Todd Howard and his A-team um, are considered some of the best developers in the world. Uh, yes, again, we can have discussions about Bug Fezda. We can have discussions about what Todd said in the past. We can have all those discussions. If you don't like his games, I totally understand. No big deal. Again, there's not not every game has to be for everybody, but there is a reason why, uh, from the standpoint of uh, overall, uh, the vast majority of people would say that the Bethesda games are up there with some of the best games. Uh, ever created and that's the reason why because Todd is very hands-on him and his team have worked together for extremely long time and they're take the process seriously and they're not going to cut corners along the way Um, so they're just going to make their game it's going to come out when it comes out we're going to see it next summer and and it'll be buggy show it off it chances are it's going to be buggy (laughs) chances are chances are and, and again for me it's the charm again there's to this day, 10 years later, after all the modding and everything else, there's still bugs in Skyrim that are from yeah. day one, that are still from day one that it was launched. And yet it's overall, because the magic is so strong in those games, it's charming, <laughs> more so yeah. than annoying. Like so, these games yeah. like that, man, like one thing I always say is like, I always think to myself anyway, when they come out, 
a lot of people are like, hey, I don't want any more bugs in games, period, you know, and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, but at what cost? Like, the ambition that these people have to make these games as massive as a game like Skyrim or the game like Starfield. Uh, Cyberpunk is a good example, actually. Like, Cyberpunk was a little bit more bugs than people would like to tolerate, right? But uh, yeah. But when you, when you have this kind of crazy ambition and you're going for all of these things... It's not un- it's not realistic to be able to make a game like that and have it flawless, right? No. Unless you spend ten years on it and polish <laughs> it for like three. Could you imagine the polishing phase on a game no. like that with how much there is to probably oh. cover bugs and stuff? So like, yeah, the engines probably like are, are part of the problem and all these different things. But like, man, I, I never want them to stop striving for more at for the sake of making it safe, right? right. So I don't want them to come out with like horrible experiences either. You know what I mean? No, but if my character uh, floats on accident, like once every (laughs) few hours, I can tolerate that for a game like a Starfield or like a Skyrim. You know what I mean? Uh, Because otherwise, guess what? You may never get those games because they got to release at some point, you know, you could polish them for years and years, but at some point you have to sell it because there's an investment being made into the years of development. So, Correct. um, and the, and the other great, the side, the, the, the side effect of that, which is actually a net positive overall for the community, especially with a, I, I will say this, um, uniquely with Bethesda is that they embrace the modding community yeah. so much that there are professional modders who make money off of fixing that game. And there are actually modders that have been hired directly into Bethesda because of what they've done with the game, whether it's create new storylines, whether in showing off their writing ability or whether it's fixing bugs that Bethesda doesn't fix and making the game better. Like that's the offshoot of that. Right. So, and again, it's unique. It's more unique to Bethesda because of how they embrace that modding community. And, and Todd uh, confirmed again, all these things are just popping on my head as I think, as I talk about this, but Todd confirmed again, that they will continue to embrace the modding community in all future games as well. That they're, yeah. that, that's their big part of who they are. And he also off, off, uh, off topic a little bit, he did confirm because Ryan was asking him about going uh, to a more uh, multiplayer centric game. And, and, and Todd said, that's not who we are. We're, we're a single player experience um you know group that's what that's what we focus on because there are things that we can do socially you know with games that that you know use online a little bit he goes but at the end of the day we're going to continue to focus on the single player experience and becoming that character and creating that character in that world we're not looking to do the multiplayer stuff so anybody was scared that because of fallout 76 because of eso uh that that they were suddenly going to do all multiplayer stuff todd Todd reassured that him and his A team, especially, are not looking to do that. That they're going to continue to create these experiences for the single player. So that was huge too. So yeah. good stuff. Awesome, yeah. man. Awesome, love, man. Love to hey. hear it. All, uh, happy anniversary to all these things. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No, big anniversary week. I mean, God, I think Dead or Alive three is anniversary. I mean, there's just so much. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, no, this is definitely a big anniversary week, and going into next week. We got a lot to celebrate. We're coming into the holidays. Things are ramping up. The news is just flying. Like I said, there's so much stuff going on right now. Games dropping left and right. 
big games, small games. If you've looked at, if you haven't looked at Game Pass lately because you've been so engrossed in Forza Horizon Five, let me tell you, there's been some awesome smaller games to drop in there over the past two three weeks. Yeah. Awesome, really incredible games. Again, the amount of content in this golden age of gaming that we are going to see, and this is just the tip. People don't understand. It's so crazy, man. Like we sit here and talk about this stuff all day. We are the hardcore. We read up on this stuff. We listen to this stuff. Miles and Jez just dropped more code names today. We got Grub out here talking about more, more games coming out, possibly Shadowrun coming back. Man, this is legit crazy. Insane. Like we, we talk about this stuff. We listen to it. We read it and we try to get the word out. But people still don't realize we are just seeing the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, it's like we're in a fever dream. This generation, you know what I mean? Oh, it is. It it, is. It's like it is. it's just like oh my god, all this stuff keeps happening around me. Ooh, like, <laughs> I mean, am I? Is this real? Is this real life? Or like this is like dream gamer shit? You know? I know. It's I know. insane. It's insane. Um, it really is. It's the world it really we live is. in now that all this stuff is possible. I can't wait to see those projects yep. uh, that Jez and um, yep. Miles and miles um, Grub. jeff grub and like yep. man it's just like insane dude like because hey that um real quick that uh the one from uh what's the studio that made um we happy few a uh, compulsion that compulsion, one yeah. sounds yeah. freaking awesome yeah it sounds, it sounds amazing awesome dude. dude like and then also the thought of the sh- shadow run and then, and then also you got that detective like yeah, the detective game uh, is called uh, from uh, what's his face. Uh, that sounds like a CRPG uh, yeah. almost from the way they're describing almost, it. almost. Yeah, no non combat, just uh, basically real detective work. A uh, Disco Elysium uh, obviously influenced it. Um, right. That just came out as well on Xbox. But yeah, um, yeah, no, that sounds fantastic. Again, the diversity too, man. Again, this is going back three sixty mm-hmm. days. Like last gen, kind of felt like we got kind of the same games kind of over and over and over again. This gen, it's busting out because of all these indie developers, all these smaller developers, all these double A teams creating so many different experiences for us. And now we got the heavy hitters doing all these passion projects, right? So you got these big studios now that are fully funded underneath the umbrella of, say, like an Xbox. And they get to go out here and make these little games like a grounded just because they want to and and they get greenlit now. This is the power of where we're at in this industry right now. Like you said, it is just absolutely insane to sit back and think about it. Just got done spending like 100 hours back into an old game in Skyrim to jump into a bunch of smaller games that drop in the game pass, then to get Forza Horizon 5 that drops that I went through, what, in four or five days, I put like 50 hours into something like that. Um, And then to get into this week, and here we have Battlefield coming early access tonight on top of everything else. And we are three weeks away from Halo launching and we've got the gunk next month. It's just nonstop, man. Non-freaking stop. Oh, man, what a good time to be a gamer. What a great time to be alive. Now we just got to keep the world from burning itself down. And then we'll be okay. <laughs> like I said, look, all you crazies out there, you guys can burn down the world, but please let it be into 2023 okay so at least i get to enjoy starfield okay that, that's all i want and then you can burn the world down okay just, i'll die happy everything around <laughs> my around my house and my internet connection you know just like just like i just stay in this little room and play video games um dude absolutely <laughs> show, um fun show fun 
Yeah. What time are we playing? What time are we playing? I don't know. I mean, we can move to New Zealand, so it's okay now, but I don't know. I, I got to eat and stuff too. So yeah. uh, I think we'll, uh, I think it goes live officially, right? 11, I think so. Yeah. Um, you want to yeah. plan on so, that? Or... Plan on that. Let's okay. plan on that. I'm, I'm gonna, we'll obviously get together. I'm going to start the stream, guys, at 1130 Eastern. That'll give us a 30-minute uh, hype head start, and we'll, we'll go uh, have some fun and play Battlefield at 11 our time is what it'll be, but it'll be 11, it'll be uh, 12 Eastern. Yeah, is when we'll start playing. Uh, I'll meet you at 11.30 Eastern. Stream will be live at 11.30 Eastern. Battlefield 2042. That's what's going to happen. And thanks, Jasper. You're right. OFK Game of the Year is next year as well. I keep forgetting about that. So, but Volcano uh, OFK, High, man. Volcano High. Yeah, it's going to be a battle next year. Starfield has no chance. So, it's yeah. between those two. <laughs> Think about Game of the Year next year, Mav. Think about that. If Elden Ring hits, yeah, Horizon Forbidden West comes out and does well, which it should. Again, second game in, I can guarantee you it's going to be a hit. It's going to be great. Everything I've seen, it looks fantastic. Then you've got Starfield. Then you could have Breath of the Wild 2 next year. <laughs> game of the year next year is going to be an all-out brawl for who wins. It's going to be crazy if all those games hit. All right, so Redfall, Starfield. Redfall. Yep. Um, what's coming on? God of War, Horizon Forbidden God of War. West. Let's say God of War hits too for Horizon Forbidden West, correct? Forspoken is Grand supposed to be next year as well. Turismo. Yep, Gran Turismo is going to be there. Yep. That's not <laughs> um, going to be up for Game of the Year. Is Zelda Sorry. Breath of the Wild 2? That's what I just said, Breath of the Wild 2. Yep. I wasn't listening to you, so it doesn't I know you weren't. I know you weren't. Um, this is what I was talking about. The game of the year next year is going to be created. Elden Ring yeah. in February. Elden Ring is going to be absolutely insane. Forza Motorsport um, maybe next year. Uh, I, I believe it will be. Um, yep. Is there one of these other RPGs that could hit next year, you think? From Xbox? That was Starfield. I, yeah. I, that's what I'm kind of thinking. Like I said, all those one other year. ones are 2023 or at least. Yeah, Rick Payne, Stalker 2. You're right. Stalker, Stalker 2 could 2. blow up. If they if it if it plays as well as it looks, again, it's a game for me. But if, if it plays as well as it looks, that could be that could be a huge hit. Could be a huge hit. But Volcano High is gonna take it. <laughs> Volcano High is gonna take it all. You're yeah. calling it. I say OFK. You got Volcano High, so we'll have to find a bet for that. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to take your money, dude. You know uh, this guy. The volcano High is gonna get it. We need a twenty twenty. We're gonna have to start talking about twenty twenty three soon too. Yeah, man, it's gonna be crazy. Can we have a stream where like you play OFK? Oh yeah, and play, I play oh, Volcano God, High, and we see who can oh, finish God. the game first. <laughs> You know, I might have to set that up. If I have my computer and stuff, if I can finally get a computer and I can stream and do all that kind of stuff, we might have to set up that cap. Yeah. We'll have to do a dual stream. You play Volcano High, I play OFK. We could we'll, just we'll, do it with like the exclusive Pong face as well. When you, you know, oh God, you oh, know, God. you like it. You're in your mode, I, and you, you know, you I don't play. think I'll have that mode with either one of these games. Though. You don't think <laughs> That's so? For, that's for serious moments. I don't think either one of those games. We are OFK. <laughs> it seems extremely serious, sir. 
It is so I don't think serious. So. <laughs> the subject matter in that game is going to be so serious. I can I can smell it. Oh um, no, no, it's not serious. No, no, okay. nope, it's not going to happen. But we might have to do that. That'd be fun as hell. Yeah, it'd be funny as hell too. Although people might get upset. <laughs> I might start talking stuff during the game if the writing <laughs> <laughs> continues to be the way it was in that trailer. I might have some things to say. and People are going to like them. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. Uh, anyways, great show, Mav. Hey, look, uh, it's been a busy week for both of us. Uh, we both got in here late and we still pulled off just an absolutely incredible two and a half hours. Sorry for everybody who wanted four hours. Uh, we're still getting our feet wet here, so we will try to improve <laughs> on that. Uh, down the road and get to that four hour mark. Uh, but you know what? We do have some battlefield to play tonight. So if you guys are hopping on battlefield, we'll see you all out there. Obviously, like Mav said, he's going to start up his stream. Uh, so make sure you drop on by and say hi. Uh, but uh, you know what? Thank you all for being here. So Mav, brother, thank you for all that you do in the background. Again, thank you to Caitlin for all the work she does in the background as well. Thank you as always, for giving me the captain's chair and allowing me to have this experience of leading a show. I appreciate you, man, so much. Look forward to Thursday night. Um, so tell us, Mav, brother, where can we find you? What you got coming up this weekend? It's a full slate. The empire is being built brick by brick over here. What do you got going on, man? Man, uh, just trying to keep up with all of this. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot going on with xbox especially this week it's crazy can't i can't keep up with the news right now it's a it's actually oh. insane um we're gonna have a fantastic show tomorrow night on xbox ultimate i can tell you right now with everything that was happening this week with all the rumors out there with all the leaks with all the stuff going on uh with the anniversary show coming around the corner um hey xbox ultimate is going to be a fun place to be tomorrow night so Tune in to that tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern. We got a we got a great fun guy in the community. Uh, absolutely love him. His name's Game Pass Dad. He's gonna be hanging out with us tomorrow night as well uh, with the Magnificent Seven. So that's awesome. I didn't know he was coming back on. Yeah, Sweet. bro, it'll be fun. Um, as well, he's as, a stand-up comedian. He is. Drop he's a stand-up up. comedian. He's a gamer. <laughs> uh, he's a sweaty at Halo. I mean, it's awesome. Awesome guy too. Just a great guy in the community. Um, so come come out tomorrow. Check out Xbox Ultimate Saturday. FSP will be back. I had to cancel it last week. It just I just couldn't do it. Uh, I was too sick. Uh, so my voice was like completely gone on Saturday last uh, last week. Um, but we're back in action. We're gonna have a great time with with Key and Fuzzy uh, talking. Um, maybe we'll, we'll find some dig up some Nintendo news to talk about. I don't know, man. This need to be. There's none out stuff. there. There's nothing going on. You know, maybe the game and game awards predictions. I'll say, we'll, we'll think of something. You know, we got to have something to talk about on FSP. And then we got tidbits on Mondays, looking at the week ahead in gaming, all the game releases coming out. Um, Wednesdays is fun pop. We were able to do Wednesday last night. It was a lot of fun uh, with psycho and, and Jasper. So that, that just tune in. We're always doing shows, always having fun uh, on fun speculation. Appreciate all the, uh, community members out there, everybody in the chat. Uh, it's freaking awesome. And tonight, streaming again. Uh, Pong. Hey, yes, sir. Tell everybody about your other half, Steel Rain, and uh, the yeah. li- living split screen and, and all the other 
awesome stuff like shop podcast and, and all those things that you do. Thank you. Uh, look, everybody, you know the drill by now. Friday night, Xbox Ultimate, like Mav said. Saturday mornings, you got to set those alarms now. Otherwise, you forget, and then you don't wake up in time. Like I said, I don't care if you roll back over and go back to sleep to our beautiful voices, but Steel Rain and I are going to be on Saturday morning. So you got to come by Living Split Screen and check us out. Got a great community that we're building over there. Again, everything is live, raw, and uncut, like Steel likes to say. But him and I do kick back for three hours plus. It just happens every show. I, I, you know, I'm waiting for the week where we don't have anything to talk about and we end the show at two hours. It just doesn't happen. So him and I will probably go for another three hours this week. Turn us on, have us on while you're doing your chores or while you're sleeping. It doesn't matter, but set those alarms. 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 o'clock Central Time, 3 p.m. UK Time. You know we're going to have a lot to talk about. You heard some of it here with me and Mav. We're going to expand upon it on Living Split Screen. Obviously, get Steele's thoughts on a lot of it, plus a lot of other stuff that we're probably going to get into. We will have our thoughts on Battlefield Saturday morning for you all. So be there. Uh, and then obviously Saturday night, the Shop Podcast with PTK Blam, Centurion, Fuzzy Belvedere. Look, drop on in. PTK is great. We have a great show. It always has good guests on. Even when we don't have good guests, we have a great talk. So just drop in, check it out. It's a short show, shorter show, I should say. But it ends your Saturday night the right way. So if you're playing games, just have us on in the background. PTK is fantastic. Been doing it for five plus years and deserves a bigger audience. Next Tuesday, Double Barrel Gaming, Mr. Boomstick, of course, Zemi Games. Three bit when he's available. The man's got a big giant fan club. He's got a lot of tour dates going on right now. So he's traveling around the country, signing autographs, taking pictures, doing all that kind of fun stuff. But when he's available, he'll be there. Mav is now a part of the show full time. Obviously, Archimedes is there. So come on over, check us out. Tuesdays, 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Central Time. Xbox Factor Podcast, all your best Xbox news next week. I know Boom's probably going to have 100 shows on Monday to talk about whatever Xbox announces. Uh, but guess what? We're going to rehash it uh, on Tuesday, guaranteed. So it's going to be a fun show. That is for sure. And then otherwise, be back here next Thursday for PM in the PM. Um, and uh, you know what? Love you all. You guys are all fantastic. It is the golden age of gaming. Play what you love. Love what you play. Get out here and enjoy this content. Make sure you tell those ones closest to you that you love them as well, because life is short. But while we're here, we get to enjoy it. We get to enjoy it how we want to. And part of that is gaming. So do that, right? Love you all. And we'll talk to you all real soon. Thank you for dropping by PM in the PM for my brother, Mav. We will talk to you all real soon. Later. Bye, everybody. 